What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome. It's the 400th episode. And uh, I cannot believe that we have made it to episode 400. It's crazy. And how many years, Adam? Yeah, because it's not only the 400th episode, but it's also, I'm considering it, even though technically it'll be next month, but I'm really considering this like our 10 year anniversary. I've been doing Conspiracy Normal now for 10 years. And it's hard to believe sometimes. <laughs> and Serfiel, I mean, you've been with me for four years now. And that's, that's a good long time. Yeah, but of course it feels like yesterday. Uh, you know, we just talked to Rob. We'll probably pin that at the end of this or put it up for Patreon or whatever we'll do. But, um, you know, he was with me, with us for five years so, you know, it's cumulatively, and, and, and Luke, you know, he's hiding somewhere, you know, he was with me for a while too. So mm-hmm. it's been quite a, been quite an epic journey. And uh, tonight uh, we've kind of just got a revolving door of people to help us kind of celebrate this 10 year epic journey. And uh, some of them have uh, been guests. Some of them probably will be guests. Some of them have, uh, been speakers at Strange Realities. Some of them will be speakers at Strange Realities. And I'm happy to have each and every one of you guys on. And uh, I'll just go down the list. Everybody can say hello. Steve Berg is here. This Whoa. is from my perspective. Uh, Joshua Cutchin. Hello. Happy to be here. Congratulations, guys. Thank you, sir. John Tinney. 
Hey, what's going on? Glad to be here. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, John. That's awesome. It's awesome to have you with us as well, man. Uh, Chris Ernst. Hey there. Yeah, congratulations. 400. That's really significant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's something. Uh, Dr. Future. Salutations. <laughs> Guys, congratulations, like Dr. Future. He got Zoom figured out tonight. So he's, we're, we're, we're definitely happy to have him. Finally, that doctorate went to good use. Yeah. Hey, Dr. Zoom. To, we got to. <laughs> hey, did you our... fight the flash? <laughs> Dr. Zoom? Dr. Zoom. He likes you to call him professor. Oh, okay. And I got a couple of our biggest supporters. I got uh, Vincent Treewell is here and Jennifer Campbell. Hey, really happy to be here. Um, loved uh, the event in October. Absolutely fantastic. That's right. You were here. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah, can't wait to do it again. Um, I found out when I was watching it later that the back of my head is like in every presentation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it ended up being a little more of it than I expected, but you know, I had a fantastic time and just glad to reconnect. It's a very famous back of the head. Mm -hmm. you, you would say, I guess. There's uh, a couple other, there's a couple other bald men in the, in the vicinity. We had like a astronomical alignment going on. Jennifer Campbell is also here too. Hey y'all. She's a, she, she's a big supporter. She came to uh, the two strange realities that we did live. And uh, you've also been a patron in the past as well. Yes. Um, I love the community. I'm so excited for y'all to do this for 10 more years. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we're going to turn up in October. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This time we're really going to turn up. And uh, I've got... Uh, Pandora Blackthorn is here as well. Um, hey guys, you guys congratulations! Heard from here. Yeah, yeah, congratulations on 400 episodes! Amazing. And uh, Pandora doesn't live here now, but you are uh, a native Nashvilleian. I am currently in the uh, wonderful state of Florida, but yeah, native Nashvilleian. Florida, yep. the final frontier. <laughs> <laughs> feels like it sometimes believe me <laughs> and i uh, got a couple of patrons got patrick here and doug uh hanging out hey guys. and uh everybody that is here uh, kiki dombrowski is here as you guys heard her on the last episode hi i'm happy to see you guys again i'm gonna see you a whole bunch this month <laughs> yeah yeah because in about 10 days from the time we're recording this uh we're gonna do your um exploring tarot talk uh, that uh, we're putting on as our first like um, speaker series that we're doing. So, I'm really looking forward to it. I think we're going to have a good time learning about tarot together. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We're going to, it's going to be a great, it's, I think it's going to be really great. We really thank you for being like the, I guess the inaugural Guinea pig for this thing. So I'm, I'm um, happy to be. <laughs> yeah. So, well guys, um, I want to thank everybody for being here. And I've kind of prepared something that um, I wanted to read for you guys and for the general audience as well. Um, it's something I sat down. Sergio was encouraging me to write something about the show and um, about a little bit about the history and 
maybe a little later we could talk a little bit about how some of I guess my ideas, his ideas, our ideas have changed. And if anybody else wants to get on that conversation, more than welcome to do so. Uh, but I titled this thing, I guess, as a little uh, <laughs> a little tribute to David Bowie here, except for five years, it's 10 years. So um, I'll read this thing here. If I can read my own chicken scratch. So it's been 10 years since I started Conspiracy Normal. And sometimes I can't even fathom how long it's been. And other times I feel like it's been only a few weeks. And uh, maybe that's really what they mean by missing time. Because <laughs> it feels like I've been doing this thing forever. But sometimes I look back on 2012 and I think about it as being kind of like yesterday. So Conspiratormal, the show, it grows out of a desire talk about both the paranormal and all the conspiracy literature that I devoured for a very, very long time. Um, myself and Sergio, we're kind of consider ourselves kind of old school uh, conspiracy theorists, I guess, as opposed to the mess that conspiracy theory is now. Um, and I'd also listened to a lot of podcasts and really even before there was even such a word as podcast. I was listening to them because it's really since like 2005. Um, I heard a show on these two guys on coast to coast called ghostly talk. And they were talking about, I think John's nodding his head. I'm sure he knows them they're, they're in the Detroit area and I uh, started listening to them. And they just basically at the time, that was really something that was considered like an internet radio show. And through them, I found like Darkness on the Edge of Town, Dave Schrader's show. I found um, the uh, World of the Unexplained, which would have a lot to do, had a lot of influence on me. And uh, kind of in between that time and that, about 2010, I met Dr. Future here at a conference here in Nashville and um, started listening to Future Quake not too long after that. I'd listened to a couple of episodes, but I hadn't really gotten into it until I'd uh, met Dr. Future. And that show, Future Quake, was also a big influence on me. So that's why Dr. Future is here and why he is such an imprint on Conspiracy Normal now. So thank you, Dr. Future. Sure. And um, in 2012, uh, I was ready to do my own. And also at that time, uh, Mike, you had hung up Future Quake. You got to about 300 episodes. So I beat, I've beaten you by, by 100 now, Mike. <laughs> In quality as well and quantity now. Thank you, Mike. Yes. And uh, so I felt like now, like at that point, that was the time to do my own show. And I couldn't really hope to ever equal the brilliance of Future Quake, though. So I don't feel like I've ever quite equaled that. But um, so there's a lot of stuff in Conspiracy Normal's DNA, um, a lot of different shows that really influenced me. And through going to a ton of conferences, um, I started to, to meet all these people that I wanted to talk to. And that was my goal when I first started the show. So 
if you guys have listened to Conspiracy Normal since the beginning, I don't know how many of you guys have. If you've listened to Conspiracy Normal since episode one, then uh, more power to you. Uh, started with my first co-host, Luke. And there was also this Art Institute student, which Art Institute is no longer, that's how long ago this was, uh, that helped me with some of the production work on the very early episodes. And after a while, it was just Luke and myself. And sometimes I would just fly solo having people on. Uh, in fact, I think John, Tinny, the first time I spoke to you, I actually, I think it was by myself. I think I had you and Chad on the first episode I did with you. And uh, at the start, I had all these guests that I wanted to speak to, pursued them, got them on. And uh, from the beginning, the show was pursued different topics and it's remained so to this day. So a lot of, we don't just speak, stick with one topic. It's not all paranormal. It's not all conspiracy theories. Sometimes it's history. Sometimes it's personal experiences. I mean, I really feel like we kind of had like a nice little grab bag of shows. So topics and Around episode 60, I really wanted to find a way to improve the sound. And I'm really good at getting guests on, Sophie, I can tell you. But uh, the con but uh, admittedly, I'm not really that great at production, like at all. And uh, so one day I was at work and I mentioned my friend Alyssa. And she told me that her husband was a sound engineer. And that was Rob. And October... 2014, Rob came over with a bunch of mics and set, then he sat in on the next episode that we did that, that we did. And from then on, we called him producer Rob. And in the summer of 2015, we just actually talked to Rob about this. We moved into his garage and uh, which was in his new home. And we would record the show every Sunday night. Later on, we moved it to Tuesday nights, which it still is our recording night to this day. Uh, had these really comfortable couches in the studio, which is like the worst thing you can do when you're trying to stay awake for a podcast. And so that uh, Luke would off, often fall asleep. I don't know if you guys ever saw the pictures of Luke asleep on the couch. <laughs> and there's a lot of jokes about that. Uh, and Luke, he was a real free spirit and kind of kind of like you know began to come less and less drifted away from the show and for a while it was just rob and i and um rob and i uh, would he would be a part of the show for about five years um so i'll talk about sir Fiel, this guy how he came uh to the show and uh, it was really because an episode we did with adam go rightly which was episode 33 that was actually meant uh, as the episode number. Um, and the topic was James Shelby Downer. And Serfiel actually found that episode and found out that we were here in Nashville. And uh, Serfiel reached out to me and I really kind of understood at the time that he was into some of the weird, same old weird time weird all-time conspiracy shit that I was into. Um, anybody that knows who James Shelby Downard was, I know Penny Royal has blown the roof off of it now, but um, 
anybody that knew who James Shelby Downard was, was pretty good at knowing obscure shit. So I really wanted somebody that was knowledgeable and somebody that I felt would be a good, good co-host. So uh, this was um, around the time of the 200th episode. And that was in February, 2018. Josh, you were part of that. Randall Carlson was part of that. You actually brought Randall up from Atlanta. Uh, Dr. Future, you were a part of that as well. And um, put this guy, Surfiel, put him on the mic to ask some questions. And that was kind of like an audition that uh, we did. And then we did a book report episode, like a couple of episodes later, I think, right? Yeah. And um, uh, he talked a lot more on that show than a couple, I think like a week or so later, I asked him, well, do you want to just be a part of the show? And if you got any memories of that, that you want to share? Yeah. I mean, I was uh, intellectually starved, um, working a pretty terrible job, uh, had been out of school for a while and was just like, uh, did a lot of really dry studying of international politics and stuff in schools. And then after I got my degree, I made it a point to like, go back and get all the weird speculative and conspiracy books I ever wanted because I was tired of all that, like, um, dry political garbage and I needed to exercise my imagination and I was really intellectually starved. So, uh, being a part of conspiracy normal was just awesome. And, uh, getting the chance to have access to all these different people and ideas and it kind of turned into like a book report thing too. So, yeah, I mean, it helped totally transform changed my life and uh you know served as like a lot of stimulation to to total self-transformation and i'm really not exaggerating it was uh really what i needed it was it was a great great opportunity that that changed me forever yeah so uh 2019 was a really huge transition for us uh for the show for us personally um Rob, he really did kind of needed to bow out because he had a lot of family commitments starting his new business and all that. And we moved over to what we jokingly called uh, Studio B, which was really uh, Surfield's basement. And uh, another thing that really affected me that year um, was being part of the Paramania event, uh, where Josh, of course, I already knew you, but I, I got to really meet Ren and uh, in person and I got to meet Tim Banal and, and get to know him and that really and David Metcalf as well uh, that really served uh, for me to be a catalyst because we were already thinking about doing the um, this first strange realities conference and I just decided to go full speed ahead I think Josh I think you remember me taking you aside and asking you and uh, that was kind of the strange, strange realities conference in embryonic form. Um, so in October 2019, we, we finally did it. And since then, we've done two more. I mean, with 2020, obviously, that was online. Because of 2021, we just finished up. And now I am gearing up uh getting the guest list uh, the speaker list for 2022 ready to go and um 
you know, Rob, uh, still very much a part of that. Um, him with that connection to, to SIR, the venue that we do it at, and then also him running the sound. So he's still very much a part of like our kind of extended family. And finally, I just want to tell everybody, you know, thank you. Uh, everybody that's here tonight and that's going to be here tonight and also the people that couldn't make it as well, um, which is really just a lot of people to mention. Um, I really doing this is for long for as long as I have now. Um, it's been a real learning experience and it's something that has been really, really rewarding, maybe not financially or monetarily, but definitely intellectually and the friendships that I have made and the interesting people that I have gotten to know and just such as going to hang out recently uh, to hang out with the Penny Royal guys and um, getting to meet Dan Dutton and going to you know, his uh, studio and seeing his artwork and, you know, just being with interesting people like that is something that is extremely, extremely invaluable. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to thank everybody for all that. And, you know, here's to the future and, you know, uh, wherever lasts much longer as conspiracy normal lasts. So I hope that you guys hang with it. And uh, thanks for being a part of it. And the all 400 episodes <laughs> that we have done man i want to hop in real quick and just say yeah. that like through all these episodes just since i've been here i mean i've grown so much and um we you can like see the advancement in real time from uh you know casual flirtation with the abyss to like really becoming mature in like dealing with a lot of this crazy shit and getting a better understanding of it and more nuanced understanding. I mean, if you like take a lot of the, the fringe stuff, like you were interested in at the beginning and just see how like your, your views and, and thoughts and all this stuff has changed and mine too. Yeah. It's really, it's really cool. I, yeah. I, I mean, and I think especially over the last two years, yeah, my thoughts have matured and with all the craziness that is part of, unfortunately part of this community now, uh, I've definitely had to also kind of distance myself from some people, some people that I really respected just because I can't agree with their viewpoint on certain things. And that's never honestly been like that for me before. But I think with the seriousness of what we have been through in the last two years, it's something that you can't take lightly. And you also can't be a part of the problem by spreading all kinds of lies and misinformation and disinformation. And I feel like a lot of some of the people here too, you know, feel that way as well. Um, but just even beyond that, you know, having read a lot of the works of some of the people that are actually here now, you know, has changed a lot of my perspective. Um, I think Dr. Future, you know, I think you can relate to the fact that when you started Future Quake to when you ended Future Quake, you were in a completely different place. Mm -hmm 
from where you began. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a, getting a degree. It was an education. You know, taking a time in my life where I could actually focus on issues that mattered rather than just earning a living. And you start dealing in this stuff and you have a very idealistic, you know, simplistic view of things. And it was a, it, it started quickly too. It was probably within about the first two years of the seven years of the show, I started having some major changes. But then about the last two or three, it migrated further until I was ready to start writing books rather than just having other people on that were doing things. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it changed me more than the listeners and, and, and sort of like what you were talking about it. And in some ways it alienated me from the listeners because I felt like I was still growing and learning. And a lot of the listeners liked the good old stuff, the good old mm -hmm. days, you know, <clears throat> more Nephilim, more giants, more, you know, <laughs> weirdness. Yeah. But, but they didn't want to face what was really going on, you know? And, uh, so that's, that's sometimes sort of the sad thing, but you can't turn back. Yeah. You gotta go, you gotta go where your heart and your head and your conscience take you. Let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, absolutely. I've had a completely similar experience. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think, you know, I, I had things from a certain perspective when I first started and now 10 years later, <laughs> I don't know if, if in any fundamental way that I'm really changed, but definitely a way of looking at the world that is, that is quite different. Um, does anyone want to add anything to that? I just you know, get your thoughts on that. I mean, I, I think like uh, really anyone who's in this stuff for, you know, more than five or 10 years, if you're not changing your mind, you're probably not, then you're probably just reading, reading or, you know, looking at the same stuff. I, I really, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, I, from an early age as a kid, like, you know, I, I've come from more being interested in like paranormal, you know, UFOs and occult stuff, but my mind has completely yeah. changed a hundred you know, million percent. My, yeah. like, my understanding of that stuff has changed a million. Oh yeah. And, you know, from a lot of the people right here, you know, so, uh, and partly because of your show and just, you know, you know, books, your show has hit me too and stuff, but yeah, I, I think, you know, my mind's probably going to change in next year <laughs> about all this stuff. So that's kind of the fun of it. I think it's an intellectual pursuit, like you said. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, that's why um, there, there's a, there was a, a bigger thing afoot beyond just the experience that's a conspiranormal or future quake or similar show in your, in your migration, once you focus on a study, and that is there's been such a change just during my lifetime on the information that we're privy to, hmm. because it wasn't until I was 32 years old that it began to be just the inklings of the internet being available. And for probably the next four or five years, it was mostly a handful of hours with one of those AOL discs until you used up the hours on it. If you, if you remember those things going out in the mail everywhere. And so, you know, you didn't really have, uh, you know, widespread, uh, you know, broadband and all that kind of stuff to around the beginning of the millennium. And so back in those early dark days, 
it was really something for someone like me. I mean, it's like dark ages to come across a chick track in a public bathroom and to see all sorts of weird conspiracy stuff you'd never heard or uh, a UFO book or you'd hear something. And, you know, it was just about right that time around 98 or 99. I'm always late to the table for everything. But when I found out about Art Bell, I didn't even know about that. You know, people have been listening for years and I heard about it on like an NBC profile or something on Sunday morning and started finding out how more widespread. But, you know, what I'm getting at is that these days, the days of innocence are over. Mm-hmm. Now there any information is available in one form or another within moments you can find. You can find old books, buy them at eBay or Amazon or archive.org or old articles or whatever you can get. Now we're in the problem of, of sifting out <clears throat> what is BS or maybe half BS in what has some legitimate truth and maybe applicability to our days. And that's why in my presentation at uh, your all's last conference, uh, Strange Realities, I ended by saying, we're at a point now where you have to sort of figure out what your basic values are and actually vet those basic values very hard hardly i mean really figure out where they came from who they came from how old are they how robust are they uh how much can you be confident in them because we're in information warfare where there's so much information that we have difficulty vetting unless you personally experience it now i always recommend to people you know be careful of just catching clips clips on youtube clips on social media or whatever you know, if you're going to hear somebody talk, hear them say their entire talk, listen to an entire press conference, listen to all of their testimony. And I know people think that's boring and, and, you know, they don't have time for that, but unless you want to be misled, you better be your own editor and not let somebody else edit your information for you. But, but ultimately while this information that you all have covered has changed you and it's changed me and, and other people there, it just reminds us that the data is there as long as you can drink it in, it's available, but you still have to figure out what are your values. Do things like honesty matter to you, character, um, how you treat your fellow man and woman. These are the things that basically you have to sift through all of the noise to get to. So I think that's partly where, you know, my presentation at your last strange realities conference is sort of where I've landed through my journey is getting back and trying to rediscover basic values. I'm still interested in all the weirdness completely. And I covered plenty of that in my talk and I will still keep looking for it. But when I try to sift it out to determine meaning, um, you know, there's a, there's so much like Christian prophecy stuff and, that all happened on my watch too. I read Late Great Planet Earth when it came out around 1976 is when I finally saw it in a, in a Kmart. But that so dominated the evangelical world. And then they look everything through that Cold War lens and now they've migrated to anti-Islam and now it's anti-socialist. But um, that prophecy lens is so tainted how they're sifting everything. And it reminded me of something Jesus said about the Pharisees. He said, you see signs in the sun, moon, and stars, but you can't see the signs of the times. And that's a real indictment to me. 
You know, I've spent a lot of my life looking for signs in the sun, moon, and stars or mysterious books or, you know, discoveries. When what I really want to know now is what are the signs of the times we live in? Because we're in some pretty momentous times. And I don't mean to be heavy duty here. You know, it's really a celebratory time, but, um, you know, that's where part of my migration. I don't know how you all feel about that, but I, I think we're witnessing something a lot more far out than some of the stuff we've all talked about over the years. Yeah, I'd say that's true. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the reasons that I like Conspiranormal and like being on the show and like listening to it is because for as long as I've done this, you know, I've grew up in that 80s and 90s conspiracy theory world and loved all the books. And But at that time, a conspiracy theorist, it wasn't, so, I mean, there were obviously, there's always going to be bad conspiracy theorists, there's going to be bad apples in every, in every barrel. But conspiracy theory was a way of honing your bullshitting skills, right? It was a way of figuring out, like, by listening to people, by reading, by looking at all the information, you honed this, your innate ability to know what was real and what wasn't. And now we've moved into this world where conspiracy theory is something that you, the masses are just supposed to readily accept. All critical thinking skills go out of the way. All discussion is supposed to stop. You can't be even, you can't find humor in it. You can't find joy in it. It is solely a mechanism of control. And, you know, when, when I'm talking to people or even on, when I'm on Conspiranormal, like there's an engaged dialogue. Everyone wants to know more information and you're talking about it in an intelligent fashion. You're talking about it with the humor that it sometimes deserves because it's whacked out some of the things that we're talking about. Right. Um, and I, you know, you're absolutely right saying that, you know, we're in dire times, you know, at the end of my lectures, I always tell people don't believe anything that I just said. If I said something that interests you go out, research it, read it, find your truth, come back to me and let's discuss it and construct an idea that we couldn't have done by ourselves. But don't ever believe someone who stands in front of you and tells you things because it leads down dark and dangerous roads. By getting to know each other and cre creating these communities, you know, whether it's through a podcast or whether it's through lectures or books or writing, the whole point of creating those communities is to discuss, to grow and evolve our ideas. And, and I really think that you're right in saying, you know, not to get too dark on it, it's supposed to be celebratory, but I think it is kind of celebratory that, you know, you guys have created this podcast where people can come on. You know, I never expected you guys to talk to one of my mentors, Craig, on the show and like, you know, to go from talking about ghost stalkers to talking about the Kennedy assassination, everything, every door should be opened and every room should be looked into and you guys do that and I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um. And we appreciate you, John. I mean, you're like one of our uh, just idols as far as how you approach this whole subject. And I mean, I told I was telling Steve uh, when we had him on that like one of the most refreshing things I ever saw on TV was when that I guess it was the first Ghost Stalkers episode where you said something to the effect of like all this phenomenon is exactly the same, and it was such a perspective that you just weren't getting from other shows, no matter how high the quality was. And that was one of the reasons why that was probably my favorite ghost hunting show of really all time, but just how it was done. And just because of your perspective, 
was so unique. And that's when I realized that, you know, I needed to sit down and, and, and talk to you about it. And then you hooked us up with Craig and which is someone that is extremely knowledgeable about history, especially, and has really done these deep dives into, I mean, he's made the uh, assassination of Fred Hampton and trying to figure out what exactly happened. He has made that his entire life. And this is something that if you were to talk to, to kids now, they wouldn't know who Fred Hampton is. Maybe if they saw the movie that just came out a couple, a year or so ago, but you know, guys like him and, and, and yourself that have been around for so long are invaluable and give, and also Jonathan Bankin is another one. Um, he's someone that I had on, but we had him all back in the summer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, his book was just seminal to me, the 50 greatest conspiracy books. I mean, I devoured that thing in the bookstore when I was 15. And to have him on was great, but also to have him feel exactly the same way we feel about the situation now was another was very edifying to us that we're not all going crazy you know one of the things just quickly when you said that i was thinking you know i think it's so important when we're talking about what to believe and what not to believe but the discussions that happen on conspiranormal and why i think they're so important there's a author named uh Muriel Rue Kaiser, and she said, the universe is made out of stories, not atoms. And I think that that's a really important point. Like we have to know every individual story. And when you're talking about, especially something like history, you know, we live in a time now when a historical event happens, everybody immediately has an opinion about what, what happened, how it happened and, and how it's going to affect, but history can only really be judged with some perspective of what has happened with as many stories collected as possible, not the one narrative that you're given at the time, you know, you have to let things play out. And, you know, Craig was the one who taught me, you know, if there's an, a, a world shaking event that happens and people are crying, that's actually the time to, to keep your mouth shut for a little while. You need to allow time to pe for people to mourn and you need to allow history to unfold before you can start making snap judgments about what it means and what it's what it's going what effect it's going to have yeah that's very well said yeah i mean a good case in point would be something like the kennedy assassination in and of itself you know and and i don't think that even those guys that you know became the quote-unquote conspiracy theorists about the kennedy assassination i don't think it started right away and now we live in a media yeah, environment that was where, way later yeah we live in a media environment where it starts instantly there's instant doubt. Yeah, it, it took 40 years for anybody to notice Roswell, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's a good point. You know, Robert Hyde, who's also been on your show in the past. <clears throat> in fact, I think he was on the episode we had there in the in the garage when the squirrel got loose. D didn't the squirrel get loose? Yeah, they were they're Illuminati trained squirrels. They're trying okay. to yeah, the Illuminati assassin squirrels. That's when I mentioned that they were looking for nuts. Remember when they run across our laps? Yep. But anyway, uh, Robert Hyde said once to me that when he tried to present information that was pretty uh, provocative to people, 
he, he would not comment on like the most recent war because it was too much in the face of the people. And it, this made me think of this when uh, you all were talking about when people were crying to be quiet. Um, he said he would often try to draw his parallels from World War One because you'll rarely meet someone who's really emotionally attached to World War One. Right. They don't know a whole lot. So <clears throat> you can point out some things and they're in a frame of mind where they could actually process some surprising information. You go later than that, like World War II, well, they're happy fought in that war and they're not going to believe, you know, that propaganda or much less the war on terror. So I do think there's, that's, that's a good reinforcing point you just said about being patient. And that's something I still got to learn mm -hmm. on. And, and, and often I thought about a lot <clears throat> of what I write about now, about what's going on in the religious community here and the last five years politically it probably will be better served in 20 years than it is right now because nobody's listening to anybody right now. I mean, we're getting a lot of information and sound, but nobody's really listening to each other. You know, Adam. So, oh, sorry. Sorry. No, I'm done. Oh, I was just going to say, Adam, you know, um, regarding the way that you've changed on things, because even in the short amount of time that I've been involved in these topics, I've had some similar changes to my perspective as well. You know, you're a shitty alchemist if you spend a decade in the laboratory and aren't any closer to the philosopher's stone, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I think, you know, if, if you don't, I mean, it's the old keelism, right? Belief is the enemy, but better put, calcified belief is the enemy, right? You know, there you go. a mind made up is a mind calcified and it gets brittle and can break. Um, so, yeah, like it's a, it's a, I, I think it's really encouraging and I think you should both be applauded, Surf and Adam. Um, for evolving because you know my rule of thumb is that i'm kind of disappointed if i have the same ideas that i do about yeah. in my case you know 14 phenomena um if i have the same idea a year from now i'm, I'm kind of disappointed because i don't think you know you're just you're just not growing and i think it's a, that's an important aspect so i think it's absolutely natural and you know if if you're involved in these things enough um for long enough you you do get a little bit jaded like some yeah. of the people some of the people in this room that i admire the most <laughs> are nodding <laughs> right now you know and it's you know I, i'm kind of a fan of this um you know patrick harper jeffrey kripal imaginal sort of idea that sometimes when legends get repeated enough they become true but at the same time you know um you uh you have to develop that good bullshit meter or, or you're going to be mm -hmm. lost at sea and, you know, my mark of someone that I want to hang out with is the kind of person who yells at the TV when it's a pro UFO show and who yells at the TV when it's, you know, a debunking of the, of the UFO phenomena. Like that's, that's the person that I want to be hanging out with because like, it's, it's so much more complicated than what we're fed any of these topics. Um, and, uh, I, I just think that's, that's a natural progression, uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I'm, yeah, I'm proud of seeing the way that y'all have, have evolved in your thinking as well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. I, I, I do want to say, uh, we were joined by, uh, Chris Corey is here. Who's sat in with us a few times now on the show. And, uh, Heather has just joined us. Uh, Katie joined us as well. Heather literally has been, I think a listener from day one, because I, Heather and I worked together whenever uh, I started Conspiratorial. She worked with myself and Luke. So 
she literally got to hear the very first episode in all its glory. <laughs> Who has heard the first episode? I'm curious about that. Have any of you guys heard the first episode? <laughs> Sergio has heard the first episode. <laughs> Is that still up? It's still up. They're yeah, probably. Up. We'd like to hear bit. your criticism. Yeah. Well, you were on the second episode, technically, Mike. Oh. The first episode was the uh, was the introduction episode, uh, where we talked about what we believed, and I, I I really think that if I listened to it now, I would cringe the entire way through it. <laughs> like listening to you develop your ideas in the last. So I've been listening since 2014. It has been a pleasure wow. to like watch y'all do the do the work and uh and because there are podcasters who uh are still doing the same party line as they were in 2014 2015 and you know the changes in in cast uh the the changes in position or in approach are all really interesting to follow yeah, now I know who. Now I know how Greg Jen felt in uh, in Black Flag. Now I totally understand. <laughs> yeah, people like going off what you're saying, Josh. Like people get a they get attached, you know, to their to whatever paradigms or things they they become part of their identities, and you know, I've had to let go of a lot of things like that recently, and the way that a lot of uh, say like conspiracy culture has become so mainstream it's like your favorite band you know i say it's like your favorite band getting a, a major record deal and they're you know big corporate album like sucking and now it's everyone else's thing and not just yours and like you know i think a lot of us went through that and, and have uh seen that with with ufos too to a degree and it's like um you know to grow you have to get rid of some of those attachments and you don't have to incorporate these things into your identity so much um and then like to uh what tenny was saying um you know i think what conspiracy normal does really good is is we make sure that everything isn't in a vacuum and we have those historical roots to all these different lines of inquiries because that's probably the there's one big problem now with a lot of these subcultures is that they are operating like in vacuums and they don't have connection to the, to their roots. Well, and just a lack of, of historical perspective. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've been sitting here bemoaning the state of affairs and in uh, at least America, but it really is sort of a global thing. But like, I think a lot of that can just be traced back. And I said this during, you know, Mike Hughes's presentation at uh, strange realities. A lot of this can be traced back to just, I think the failings that we have with educating our young people to not think critically and to uh, honestly, to, to have a blind trust in certain people, you know, I, if as someone who has twin toddlers, like right now we're going through a phase where they're not, um, they're not listening to authority, but I'm kind of like, okay, I'm kind of rooting for that still a little bit <laughs> <laughs> to just keep that strain, you know, listen to me right now because I don't right. want to get hit by a car, but like, <laughs> just yeah. hold on to that and, and, and break it back out later. But honestly, you know, we, I think we need to be teaching our young people to be critical thinkers, to do research on their own. You know, the upside is that there are technically more people reading than ever before in world history. You know, the bad thing is that they're reading stuff, you know, all on their right. phones. That's completely, you know, they don't have to be gatekeepers, but 
to, I think that's important to, de to develop this and nurture the skill to go into a field that you know, know nothing about and then start to feel out who the reputable, um, you know, the reputable sources are and mm -hmm. to just use some common sense and basic like logical deduction, but that's yeah. not emphasized anymore. And I don't see that getting any better, honestly. I think the rise of the podcast really helps with that in this field, though, because you would get maybe 30 minutes with a guy on Art Bell and then their book and they're really on guard. They're trying to put the best foot forward, mm. but like two hours into these podcasts and some of these people really start telling on themselves. And I think, you know, back to Dr. Future's admonition to listen to the whole thing when you listen to the whole thing, you get a better feel for who's straight and who's, you know. Yeah. That, that's really well said. I mean, I, I have to say that one of the things that I have enjoyed being someone who was a listener and, you know, is now involved in the community, uh, you know, though I mean, you guys are crazy for having me as part of this. Um, but uh, it's, is that, you know, you have, I think that you've had the ability to um, I've totally lost my train of thought uh, in agreeing with Jennifer there. Um, but you, you've had the ability to sort of uh, reshape yourself as these narratives keep on changing and uh, be able to kind of, I think at least stick to the truth, like not, you know, amidst a real sea of chaos, as everybody has said, um, I found that there are a few podcasts, you know, that uh, when you hear the extended sort of, you know, line on each of the hosts, when you hear what they say after three hours of podcasting and really get to know them through that weird sort of parasocial um, uh, uh, relationship that podcasts, I think, have generated recently, um, you haven't really disappointed you you have remained cool guys and you have not uh gone nuts i think um <laughs> on top that. of all the other things you know you know being good researchers and having you know uh, uh uh great great uh guests and stuff like that is that you know at no point did i ever feel like oh well they just said you know that some something comes out and same with the guests that you have on i think that the way in which you curate the voices that you put forth is both uh i think uh fair and uh you know uh diverse but at the same time you know you're you're uh you're being smart about who you are amplifying yeah and i think that's very well said and it's uh i think that's very very important um to for me because it's especially in the last two years it's kind of been like well there's another person that i won't have on damn it i really wanted to have them on but now <laughs> now i'm just not going to do that because i really don't want to give that person airtime or i don't want to you know so it, it's becoming the downside of that it's becoming harder and harder but i think you just got to dig a little bit deeper yeah and open uh, up to the the community you know there's a lot of other people who aren't like already established paranormal or whatever personalities you know who've got right. probably way more intriguing things to talk about right i heard a voice chime in i don't know who it, that was. was i'm sorry that was me <laughs> okay well no, i was just gonna say you know yeah you guys have actually um for myself especially 
um, listening to you guys, it inspired me to actually take a chance and get out there and start doing my own thing. And um, it's, it's great that John Tenney's on tonight because I was just going to say, you know, the first episode of Ghost Stalkers uh, really kind of set me down a road of critical thinking and exploring the paranormal in a way that I probably wouldn't have thought about, you know, 15 years ago. So, you know, what you guys are doing has inspired a lot of us to, um, you know, take a chance and get out there and start doing our own thing and exploring our own theories and having the courage to, you know, apply critical thinking skills and think on our own and develop new theories. Um, I think that's something that's been missing in the paranormal, um, especially is people having the courage to step outside the box and say, okay, well, what's this possibility? And could this be um, a reasonable theory? So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that you guys have done and I'm happy to have discovered you guys. Thank you, Pandora. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, if I may just kind of jump along what you just said, um, I agree. Like a show like this is uh to somebody who's kind of been, you know, on the sidelines his whole life, just, you know, reading about this stuff and like, you know, has, I've taken it very seriously my whole life, but until like the last couple of years, um, I haven't like really done much of my own research or like, you know, got out there, like you said, but your show definitely, you know, and a lot of the people you introduced me to inspired me to go out. But not only that, it, I felt like I was, you know, for a lot of us, maybe we're late, you know, paranormal bloomers, but, um, you know, I, I don't think I was ready until I'd heard enough people talk about this stuff. So, because, I mean, you know, you, um, you hear people who have been in the field so long, and you can hear the mistakes they made, and you don't have to. Like, I always go back to the book Messengers of Deception by Valet, and that book is full of, like, cautionary ways to go about looking into this stuff. And so I, I think, you know, having, you know, you, you, you can probably go out there too soon <laughs> into the field, maybe, or maybe you learn as you go. But for a guy like me, being a guy in the sidelines was a great way to do it. In your show, like, you know, really helped, you know, kind of galvanize me to get out there and do it. So thank you for the inspiration. Thank you. Sir. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Thanks, man. Let's, uh, let's bring Timothy Renner. Timothy Renner is here, everybody. And uh, I, Timothy Renner, Thanks for being a part of this tonight. And uh, you are also have been a guest many, many times on Good Paranormal, along with Josh many, many times, both of you guys. And uh, we recently had you on talk about the, uh, your, latest, your latest multimedia book event, which is really, really cool. Uh, so welcome, Tim, uh, back to Good Paranormal, man. Oh, thanks for having me. I, I almost missed it, and then I, I, I fell asleep after dinner, because I'm an old man, <laughs> and then I, I woke up in a start and said, oh, I'm supposed to do something, and uh, all, all good. You've also been a part of the last three Strange Realities, too, so um, I, I just was wanted to get your thoughts on the show, 400, 400 episodes, man. It's, I think you're approaching 300 right now. Yep. Yeah, so. we're we're uh, barreling towards 300. Uh, I mean, to stick with this, and the thing I try to stress for people is if you hear an hour podcast, I think some people think, 
oh, those guys had an, an hour of fun putting that together. And it takes so much longer. It takes so much longer. Unbelievably longer. I mean, really, it takes a, it takes a week to put together the show for the week uh, in one way or another. Uh, sometimes you get lucky and one just falls together. But I, I know what it is to do a show like this every week and to have 400 under your belt. Amazing. Uh, kudos to you guys. Congratulations. Conspiranormal is a show that I hope is always there. I mean, we've talked about collaborating, you know, more and on different things in the future. And, and I'd be happy to. I love you guys. And just congratulations. I know the work that goes into getting to, to one episode, much less 400. So kudos. Yeah, well, we love you too, Tim. I mean, Thanks, you are Tim. Someone that is also an inspiration to us as well. Um, and For just sure. The sheer volume of work that you put out, not just podcasting, but books, music everything art everything i mean you are the definition of the renaissance man at this point <laughs> thank you uh, speaking of frequent guests who officially is the most has oh made gosh. the most appearances on conspire normal is it me uh you are dr you Future, know probably. the answer josh no i'm just I'm honest <laughs> i thought it was it was it was like it was it was almost walter bosley there for a hot minute right i would really have to right. sit down and, and do that and look at all 400 episodes. You're definitely up there, Josh. Tim is also up there. Mm -hmm. uh, Doctor Future. I don't think you should count any of the Josh any of the episodes Josh was on with me, though. <laughs> yeah. Those should go okay. in my column. <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> nice. well, I think that would go both your columns, but uh, yeah, definitely Bosley. Uh, I would assume it's Doctor Future, though. Yeah, I think probably Mike. Yeah, I mean, I'd we say so too. we just did like. The, the show at the end of the year with him was number 12 with Dr. Future. And then I've also had Mike sit in on episodes too. Um, so, and we've done Patreon episodes with Mike, which some of you may or may not heard. So I'd say, yeah, probably Dr. Future wins it hands down. But I you, would you honestly have to, I'd honestly have to go back and look. But I, I would say you and Tim are pretty close behind. I mean, it's not even. You know, Adam, if you were a real podcaster to prepare for this show, you would have gone back and listened to all 400 episodes and listed them out. So yeah. we'll expect you to do that for the 800 episode. <laughs> I actually, actually for the hunt, I think it was the hundredth. No, it might've been the 200th episode. I actually did count. The, all the guests that I had on to come on and talk, I actually, because I did short segments with each one, I actually, Dr. Future actually did this before. Uh, I stole this from him. Uh, I actually did map out each episode that they were on and like said that, but I realized it was so boring that I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> You'd only have to listen to your year review podcasts. So that's only. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Those only start with like, I think the last, the first one we did was 2015. So I think that those only start with like episode 60 something. What was, what was the uh, release schedule before it was weekly? Uh, so when I first started, I actually did it every two weeks. Um, and then it slowly moved into every week. And some of that was because I wanted to get certain people on 
but maybe they couldn't come on at a certain date. So it just kind of slowly morphed into that. Um, but now it's, you know, it's, it's every week, except for when we take little breaks here and there, like we do after the conference and Christmas time and that, that time. I didn't know uh, you had started every other week. That's, that's how I started too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We started, we started every other week at first. Um, and it slowly morphed in. Uh, I would also say that Chris Ernst and Chris Corey, you guys have been on quite a lot too. Um, and a lot of that has been sitting in as like Chris Corey sat in as almost like a third co-host at, at certain times. Yeah. So we've got you guys on a lot. I'd say that Chris, there's no way you've been on considerable more than where the road go. But yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I'm on, I, I'm on that a lot more. But I've been on a few yeah. times, and it's always been great. And I always look forward to it. I mean, it's it's a different experience because it's a completely different show. Yeah, and Gullius has been on quite a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Could I make a suggestion with all this uh, debate about who's been on the most? That what <laughs> you really should do is have a five timers club, where you make a nice velvet smoking jacket. <laughs> for all of us who've been on at least five times so we could have sort of an elite club well it may maybe a lodge or something we do we have several do. secret societies maybe, I, I bet tenny's going to get his velvet shirts. smoking jacket. <laughs> yeah i know tenny's like right there back. you go i, I called it God bless. one like this <laughs> look at that we could maybe, oh we could maybe that do. is handsome right there majestic yeah. absolutely ridiculous nope well we nope. got we got a couple of people that have joined us uh phil buck if you guys were here for strange realities you guys definitely should recognize phil and he is our in-house graphic you know designer up. yeah yeah he does our graphic design for us everything that you see now for conspiracy normal phil has done baby face phil now yeah i know i know and for strange realities as it's well weird and he actually did all the audiovisual stuff for us at Strange Realities, uh, along with Rin as well. So, yeah, as I say, a huge shout out to Rin because I couldn't have done it without Rin. I mean, yeah, he couldn't be here tonight. Uh, he had something else going on, but uh, yeah, it was definitely you two guys really made that happen. So that was quite a when I was quite, a, quite an experience for you, Bill. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know I was getting into a hundred percent, but I like knew like about eighty percent. And uh, yeah, that's why I say I couldn't have done it without Ren. Because once I flew from Colorado with all the gear that I own <laughs> to Nashville and showed up <laughs> at SIR, I was like, okay, we we're gonna make this work. But uh, <laughs> a couple aspects of this, I didn't quite realize what I was getting into. But hey, we pulled it off. It was amazing, and. Uh, I was just, I mean, it was just so uh, such a great opportunity to be there with all y'all because I've been watching so much of this. You know, nobody really knows me, but I've been watching y'all like on, on the videos and stuff for the conference for a while. So it was cool to be there. Yeah, he's uh, he's edited the videos too. So he definitely knows all your faces. So John, were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say when I was joking about you uh, listening to all the episodes, I was looking and doing some research last week, and I don't know exactly how correct this might be, but 10 years ago, uh, the number for podcasts available is is somewhere around 50,000. So 50,000 podcasts 10 years ago. Right now, it's almost 3 million podcasts. 
But of those 50,000 10 years ago, there's approximately 2,000 that are still going. So you're one of those 2,000 that have made it 10 years. Wow. Wow. Boom. Holy shit. That's, That's something. Yeah. Pretty big breaking deal. down like that, it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's Get crazy. Just don't know when to quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think all the other ones actually struck it big with big multi-million dollar media deals. Yeah. Yeah. So there was just yeah. 2000 that didn't get them. Your yeah. chance to sell out <laughs> is coming. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Future. For making yeah. I just want to encourage you. Okay. Well, let me, let me just say real quick before you lose me. Um, Cause it's a school night for me now. I'm, a, I'm, I'm making an honest living uh, working with children. Congratulations. And, uh, I, uh, the, be- the, you guys, are, the best thing about the show is that you're not selling anything. Like I know you have the Patreon, but there's no, I've said it before too. There's no agenda. There's no like, you know, like that's why it's so adaptable when you guys do change how you feel about something or you evolve on something. It's not a big deal because you're not, you yeah. know, it's not like you're changing teams. Yeah, and I, I really have so much respect for what you guys have done and built over all this time. And it's it's so fucking cool that you don't have an agenda, that you don't have some line that you're pitching us, that you're not like signing people up for classes. I'm not disrespecting anybody that that's how they work. I'm not trying to lower anyone, but I'm just saying I really, really think it's cool the way you guys have run this. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that. And before before the night is over, I just wanted to get that in there. And Thank and also, thanks, it's man. really been it's been so nice to get to know you guys too. And the Zoom things really kept me going during the pandemic. So yeah. um, so yeah. thank you. And yeah. we're hoping to see you here in Nashville. Yeah, Those conspiracy normal supplements you sold me though they are yeah. they're, they're doing me well. Good, good. It, it, it looks like they turned you blue, and you're, 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 you're all good. Yeah, Tim, you look like a healthy, a healthy. And we're, hold, we're hiding the gold in the freezer. So yep. thanks for that. You mean I'm the only one that bought the 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 robe from you guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No wonder it cost me five grand. <laughs> The conspiracy, the conspiracy, normal suppositories I bought are also working very well too. Oh dear! A big Berkey water filter. <laughs> now Chris is not going to want to come down to Nashville, guys. Sea oh. Crane Radio. That's what I was thinking. Sorry. We'll that just filter. Put, we'll over, but I just had to blur that out. We'll because just put of that Chris water at the merch table. Yeah, exactly. Because that Don't water forget. filter you guys sold me. All the frogs in my neighborhood are now straight. and and don't forget ramona loves gold dipped roses yeah and her beijing clock radio yeah i remember that no when he he says when he says that it's so funny because i remember working overnights at the radio station playing art bell and that was right around the y2k Oh, oh yeah, they're selling all really kinds of aging shit. Myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, you know, the, the meals ready to eat, and oh, you have to buy all this food because everything's gonna, you know, go to shit on uh January 1st, 2000. Art art was the best at doing those drops like out of nowhere. He would say, oh, like, yeah. coming up in the next segment, we're gonna talk yeah. about if aliens are actually living on the moon. Ramona yeah. loves gold dip roses. Your wife <laughs> yeah. would love gold dip roses too. <laughs> he was he was the man <clears throat> of that. 
I I'm going to congratulate years. you on 400 episodes. <laughs> it's really What's helped up? the show with all the my pillow products that they're hawking now on Conspiranormal. I, I think Mike Lindell's really helped these guys a lot. Uh, yeah, we saw, we, we, saw the, we, we saw the contract. Like, the pillows are on. stuffed with Coke, right? Yeah. <laughs> no comment. Patrick, were uh, you saying something? Oh, I was just going to say our bell was off by 20 years of the world going to shit. But True. it would have been. It would, I would like to have heard him now with with uh, oh. over the last couple of years. What Me would too. what would our bell shows be like? Mm. Yeah, he knows. probably he, he might have. What would that be like? What would that be like? Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I, I agree with Steve. I think he might have gone in a direction that we might yeah, not full on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but who knows? <laughs> you know, yeah. hope for the best. Exactly. Sometimes it's better not to know, guys. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You either die a hero or you live long enough to become Linda Moulton Howe or something like that. <laughs> oh, dear. Dang. I saw her nope. getting... Uh, did anyone see... I know that was going around. I'm not trying to bring up UFO gossip, but like, did you see that interview? That um, I, I'm, I can't remember the guy's yes. name. It was yep. quite something. He was just really asking her honest, candid questions. He'd be like, so how can you like put that out there actually? <laughs> and she freaked out. She started going about her daytime Emmys and Stanford and stuff, you know, the whole it was uh but I loved it. I have to admit. Uh I love Chris drama. Corey, you know, I sent that to you. Josh actually sent it to me first, and then then I watched it and I sent it over to you. And I think you were kind of shocked by that. Because you're you're a you're a Look, super we fan. love Linda you're, in this Linda. house, okay? <laughs> Um, I, I, you know, I understand maybe her credibility has, has lapsed. Um, but, uh, Hey, Hey man, the movie's great. I, I, I put it on at least once a year and, uh, you know, she got out there and she took a shot. Um, big time. I understand, you know, like I get it, but, uh, also like, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's entertaining. I, oh, yeah. I, I think I think she's I think she's cool. You know, like oh. I, I don't believe anything she says, but um, well, th I, this this sort of reminds me of something I said when some other older ufologists were coming under fire last year, and I said, you know, your grandfather may have stormed Normandy, but you're not about to press a bayonet into his hands nowadays. So yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's true. And I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, yeah, like she got. Uh, I mean, we all know the story, you know, she got, she got led down some like bullshit paths and it happens to a lot of good researchers, yeah. um, you know, in, in all, not just in UFO land, but uh, in conspiracy land and wherever else too, um, you know, and so, one, so we love. One could argue that that's part of the phenomenon itself, part of the self-negating uh, part of the phenomenon Um and I think that we all know that there's a reason that Linda Moulton Howe gets more scorn than some of her even more out-of-pocket peers. So, yeah. Here, here. Well, and I think there's something to be said for, you know, doors being opened that uh, might not have otherwise been opened. You know, I mean, we have to think about the time and when they first came on the scene and if they hadn't come on the scene, would other folks have followed? So, you know, yeah. I feel like you have to kind of take it as the time when it occurred and then, you know, go on from there. Yeah, totally. Don't forget Dr. Frank Strangest. Yeah. 
I think the big lesson too, that we all kind of learn at some point on our journeys too, though, right. Is that like our heroes never asked to be our heroes, you know? And one of the hardest things that we can do is let people go, you know, once they aren't fulfilling Mm -hmm. the need that you have anymore, once they seem to be leading down wrong roads or what you believe to be wrong roads or incorrect paths, like it's, you don't have, it's, there's no problem walking away from it. You know, I think like Josh was saying earlier about, you know, uh, a, a solidified belief system, you know, the, what we're learning with these, our generation, perhaps younger and older and whatever's coming around now is, is kind of the fluidity that, you know, stagnation is, is the enemy that the universe has only ever showed us that it loves to create and change. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I used to look up to this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go oh, no, ahead. I'm go sorry. Ahead. No, I was just gonna make a pithy joke. I used to look up to this tinny guy, and then I started hearing him talk, and it was just <laughs> that was a mistake. <laughs> I, I want to get into what some of you guys are working on now, but uh, before we do that, uh, Stephen Snyder is here. Um, you guys know him as Recluse. Stephen, what's up, man? I guess. Oh, what's there, up, guys? There he is. Hey, hey, how's it going? Uh, not too bad. How you guys, everybody tonight? Good, Howdy. good. We're just uh, talking about the podcast. Just, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, any of your memories of the show and uh, anything you might want, want to say about it, or you know. Oh uh, well, I mean, I know. Always, the, it was always special for me the first time that I was on with you guys in Doc Future. That was uh, for the Knights of Malta one. I. Yeah, so it was a couple of years ago, like 2018 or something like that. Um, you know, so that was the first time too I'd encountered Doc, which was really great. Uh, I, you know, uh, obviously subsequently I've gotten to know him in real life. I mean, he's a wonderful human being. Uh, Doc, I'm apologize again that I have not called you yet. Uh, I'm profoundly sorry about that. By the way, I have just been so insanely busy since I got back from Somerset. Man, it's been nonstop. The cats in the cradle in the suit. <laughs> You two are very similar, prolific researchers. Um, but yeah, that just meaning Doc Future alone will always hold a special place in my heart. So that would probably be the first thing that really stands out to me in, um, you know, from fond memories, I guess, in Conspiranormal. And then also doing the Strange Realities Con. I mean, that was just like an unbelievable experience uh, for me, uh, really doing both of them. But I mean, especially the second one and uh, being in person with everybody. It was the first time I'd actually done a con in general of any kind. So it was a really cool thing. So, yeah, it was uh, nice that you guys kind of spurred me to do something like that. And, you know, in general, the whole kind of networking thing has been really cool. So. And I know that's not entirely coming. related to the podcast, but oh, I mean, no, it, is. No. it is. I mean, that's uh, you're touching on something that we really like to do, and that's connect people. You know, we like connecting our guests and people we talk to. We like connecting with our fans and turning our fans into guests and, and letting their research get out there. So that's uh, I think that's one of our strengths. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and that's, you know, kind of something that I've uh same with my own thing too but i mean i think the communities that sort of grow out of this kind of stuff is a big part of it um 
Because, you know, ultimately, I mean, not a ton of people, I mean, really, you know, I think approach the kind of work with, uh, you know, this kind of uh, these tons of topics, the way that a lot of people in this chat do with this sort of multidisciplinary approach that tries to look at it from a lot of different angles and what have you. So, I mean, you know, we don't always, you know, make for the best conversations at normal parties, you know, at least in my case, um, or work or really anywhere I don't actually try. I try to avoid really talking about anything that I do related to my actual interests with normal people in general nowadays. So yeah, um, <laughs> but you know, it's always great though when I mean, you can kind of let your hair down and really talk about the things that are important to you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. Yeah, that is important. We really Absolutely, thank you for, yeah. for uh, you know, joining us in the conferences and being a part of the podcast and this community. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. And um, yeah, anytime you guys want to head back up to Somerset, Kentucky, let me know. All right, we'll, we'll see you there. Uh, oh, Timothy heck, Ritter. Nathan here. Did you guys get Nathan in here for tonight? Uh, no, uh, he hasn't shown up yet. Maybe he will later. All right, okay. Uh, Timothy Ritter, thank you so much for being with us, man. Yeah, man. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll pop back in if I can, but I have to, I have a little podcast of my own. I got to go record yep. something for it. Yes, yep. sir. Strange <laughs> familiars. <laughs> Thanks Talk for having me, and uh, like I said, I'll pop back in and five time later. Okay, awesome, cool, man. Thanks. Thank you. Congratulations, Bye. guys. Thank you so Thank much, you. brother. Uh, Stephen, and, and I just want to point out, you will be with us again in Nashville. We already talked to you about that when we were in Somerset. So, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, we should yeah, say, yeah, no, I cannot wait. Uh, uh, October October fourteenth through the sixteenth is going to. Oh, you already got the, the dates figured out. Okay, yeah, groovy. Yeah. 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 I guess I got to start thinking of a topic then. My gosh. Well, I guess I could do the extropian ones. You guys want to hear about extropians this year? That'll be like a much lighter presentation than the um, sure. sex culture. Sure, anything yeah. you come up with is going to be fascinating. Yeah. That's one <laughs> thing I learned. Extropians? Yeah, I, I didn't know this either, Jennifer. You got to wait until the presentation. <laughs> I would tell you all about oh, the that's extropians great. then and the great wonders of the crypto revolution. Ooh. Oh, those dudes. Okay. <laughs> and, awesome. uh, but I want to talk a little bit about what you guys are, are, are doing right now. Everybody's uh, what everybody's getting into. Josh, I'll start with you because you just said you just finished your book. Uh, Stephanie yeah. Quick is here. Stephanie Quick, say hello. And, hey, uh, girl. Hey, hey Stephanie. Hi. How you guys? How you doing? Good, nice good. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for that was a lot of fun. Congratulations on 400 episodes. It's pretty exciting. Thank you, Stephanie. That's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot. Yay. Um, Joshua, what are you working on right now? With your uh, the new well, book? Yeah, so uh, I'm continuing to to plug away on the UFO ufology rather tarot project with uh, some other friends of the show. Um, including uh, David Metcalf and Greg Bishop and Susan Demeter. Um, Where is Metcalf? He has not shown up yet. He is a capricious beast. He shows up and <laughs> he, he's sometimes there and sometimes not. He's kind of like the Cheshire Cat, I guess. Um, but uh, impending soon, anytime, I'm assured, uh, I will have a collection of essays that I edited coming out um about uh fairy films or rather films that deal with fairy folklore some of them you know in non-obvious ways some of them more obvious ways i'm an editor and, and a contributor to one of the essays but it's a real rogues gallery of people that i was fortunate enough to work with um and then yeah uh, my uh 
my next big book, um, or I guess books, uh, because it's going to be a two-parter again, even though I didn't want it to be, um, is currently in the editing phase with Barbara Fisher, um, whom I've just been blown away and humbled to work with. The, the breadth and depth of her knowledge is just fantastic. But uh, it's a uh, called ecology of souls and it's sort of it started off trying to dissect that ann streber quote about you know what you know this has something to do with what we call death she told mm -hmm. Willie. but uh you know when you talk about that you end up talking about so many other things like reincarnation and life but basically everything so it sort of evolved into uh my current theory of the paranormal, which tends to focus around uh, the cycle of life and uh, well, just the ecology of souls. So that's in the editing phases right now and should be out towards the end of H1 2022, God willing. So excited about it. Nice. Yeah. This is, is it going to be a two parter? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's about 260,000 words right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a two parter. Um, you know, Sounds like you've been hanging out with Dr. Future and Steven Snyder. Yeah, and it's it's not a virtue. I mean, it's <laughs> to have something that long. Um, but uh, I think there's, you know, I'm, 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 it'll probably be a little bit shorter. Um, I think there's some fat to trim. But yeah, it's definitely going to be a two-parter. Um, and the first half is talking about everything. Basically, the first the first book is the background that you need to unpack that quote, and then the second book is pretty much just UFOs and encrypteds and, and how this these motifs uh, reassert themselves so um we'll see you know i at, at multiple times throughout this process i kind of feel like uh you know the sophomore director who's given a big budget and just makes a complete bomb <laughs> a complete expensive bomb so we'll see if that's what it ends up being but it's it but i wrote it for myself and if anybody wants to read it um you know all the better nice i know that you've been You've been going down this path for a little while. I can remember yeah. being with you in uh, when we went to go see the uh, the dwarf castle there in in, <laughs> in in Johns Creek or whatever. Yeah, uh, in, in 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 on the outskirts of Roswell. Yeah, yeah, you were talking about this. So yeah, I mean, and that's and that's that's sort of you know I'm sort of giving myself a little bit of grace about how long it is because. Um, yeah, I've been writing this thing in my head for the past like four or five years. And I remember when I was actually uh, thinking about my next project, I, I actually asked you like, which should I work on this or this? And you said, well, you've been thinking about this other thing for a while. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not a life's work, but it might be my paranormal life's work to this point. So yeah. I, um, and again, I hope to have a completely different idea in a year, but I'm quite enamored with a lot of the ideas so far. So we'll see. Nice. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. And thanks, Adam. As always, we're going to have you on whenever the book comes out and and talk about it. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'll I'll try to send you an abridged version. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I've, I of course will devour it just as I have the other books. So, well, is there really... a tentative title on this one? Yeah, ecology of souls. Um, it's okay. it's a term i don't know if he was the first person to coin it but it's a term that terence mckenna was quite fond of when he talked about the dmt realm and saying you know at, at some point you had this revelation and you ask yourself have i just entered an ecology of souls so that, that was a nice way of summarizing you know again not only the death aspect but also the cyclicality of, of it all so we're gonna excited. need you to repeat that in your terence mckenna famous terence mckenna <laughs> impersonation <laughs> voice you wind up in this. Hold on, I gotta take out an earbud so I can make sure I can do it right. Already perfect. <laughs>
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You find yourself in this sort of space and you're just surrounded by all these things and they're coming up to you saying, it's so nice to see you. You send so many, but come so rarely. And you ask yourself, have I just entered an ecology of souls? (laughs) (laughs) Bravo. (laughs) I love it. Thank you. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Chris, Chris Ernst, um, you, yes. Uh, things that you've been working on. I understand that uh, there's going to be a uh, a film. Yeah, there is. It's sort see. of uh, it's um, kind of just gelled and uh, uh, taken shape recently. But uh, from <clears throat> the fact during the pandemic that uh, Soraya is sort of the closest person in proximity to me, um, I saw him uh, and uh, he took me around to some places that he's uh had some experiences and talked about and then i sat down with him and uh you know we talked about just in general his theory on things and uh uh the history of where did the road go and that's sort of shaping up into a film right now um uh i'll probably go back to do some more uh with him to have me have him take me around to the places again and uh yeah uh, i i think at this point shooting for the uh the uh, sneak preview um at the uh, uh strange realities um have a premiere then don't know Ooh. the link don't know what it's called but uh yeah it should be fun uh and think of it sort of in a style of like mazel's brothers so it's a lot of just like soraya telling his story and telling his stories and walking around which you know uh at least that's what i'd rather have that's awesome <laughs> yeah. awesome great gardens-esque Grey Gardens esque, yeah. He does a little dance with some flags. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> and uh, John John Tinney's uh, gonna have to get out of here in just a bit. But uh, what, I know you're working on something. You've always got something in the works. Well, you know, obviously the pandemic hit, but I was I'm still in the midst of trying to collect. Starting at like the end of 2017, really hitting in 18 and 19, where all of these weird like you know, for lack of better word, creature humanoid sightings in Michigan. And it was hard to collect and compile a lot of the information as soon as the pandemic hit, but that's still supposed to come out this year. Uh, I've been working on titles for it and the, the, I don't really know what to call the incidents because they're all so different. You know, I, I think I talked to you about it before, but I've talked about it on podcasts before, but people were seeing everything from, you know, three foot by three foot square, fuzzy floating boxes to triangles with legs that ran through walls and, you know, putting the book together is just, you know, looking at if there's any similarities between them. And what's really interesting is because of the pandemic, it's given me, you know, if I would have written it when I wanted to, and when it, when I thought it was supposed to come out, um, I would have missed some things that have happened to the experiencers uh, that now seem to be looking like there there is lasting effects from those experiences. So, uh, yeah, I've just 
putting it together as a little journal and, and looking all the statistics. So that that this year and then hopefully this year will be this. I put out a book a couple of years ago called Theoretical Weirdo, which was kind of an experiment. And then this year is Anecdotal Weirdo, which is just uh, stories of weird shit that's happened to me throughout my life. Yes, do do people still see that like what is that thing in detroit that that elf or whatever you know what i'm talking about the little gnome yeah so i'll i'll quickly hit that just for listeners so detroit has this legend which is called the the nain rouge or the non rouge which is the red dwarf and it's based on a based on one one story from the 1800s and then a retelling of that story about 50 years later and it's this supposedly evil red demon that runs around detroit and causes all the problems in detroit uh and now there's a big parade every year they have called the marsh denain ruse where five thousand six thousand people get together and they uh, symbolically march the red demon out of detroit well i go there every year and i protest it because I've, I've talked to the, the Native Americans that are still here in Detroit, and I've talked to the historians who live in Detroit, and the original story that the whole legend is based off of is a French-Canadian story written by this 22-year-old woman who was telling a story about the red men in Detroit that were causing all the problems and how they had to be gotten rid of. And so now here we are 120 years later and we're symbolically marching the red men out of Detroit because the the red men colored all cause all the problems in the city and I keep telling the the parade people this is you're you're on the wrong side of history here this is a very bad retelling of a of a legend and you know maybe we should be honoring the the people that created our city instead of trying to march them out Because yeah, we know that's... the red man reaction is satisfaction. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Feature. <laughs> <laughs> I assume somebody out there knows the commercial illusion I have made. Dr. Well, Future is extremely good with 1960s, 1970s television references, everybody. I just... <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't a red man bar or two? What was that? I was like, so I thought that was like a bar or two from Red Man. I was confused for a second. Red, <laughs> Red Man chewing tobacco had as their. <laughs> see, if you're a redneck like me, you would know. They would say Red Man reaction is satisfaction. Yeah. See, in, in Detroit, or NASCAR. In Detroit, it's Thunderbird wine. What's mm. the action? Satisfaction. Thunderbird wine. <laughs> I, did, didn't Fred action? Sanford drink Thunderbird? They he did. Them. Thunderbird and Ripple. Yeah. <laughs> All right, gang. I got to go. Thanks for having me on. Congratulations on 400 episodes. On, it was good seeing everybody. Have a good Bye. night. Bye. Absolutely. We'll see you in October. All right. Take care. Uh, so, Vincent Trewell. I, you have apparently been making the rounds lately on some of the stuff you've been studying, and I'm gonna, we're gonna get you on the show. I think here it's coming up next month. Oh, that'd be so, great. Uh, what have you been looking into lately? Well, okay, I have this little sapling of a podcast that, like, you guys have done ten years. I've done ten episodes, so it's just like you know, getting it started. The weird part with Vincent Treewell. 
which is now available where podcasts are found. Um, but yeah, I've been working on some things. Um, I actually talked with uh, Stephen uh, tomorrow and putting together, I'm going to you know be on his show. Um, I have a novel out there that not the one that's currently available, but one that should be coming out this year that is, it's fiction, but it's very much related to the stuff we talk about here. And so that should be happening this year. I'm also working on a nonfiction book, which will be the first nonfiction full length thing that I've written. And it's about people's, the history of people's attempts to use technology to contact the dead. And there's a lot there. Um, Thomas Edison, Nikola Tesla, a whole bunch of people going from way back to the present day, trying to use electronic technology to contact the dead. I just thought that was a pretty interesting topic. So that's what I've been working on. And the next um, episode of the podcast should be about some the influence of someone that I don't know how many people will get the reference, but uh, I know Dr. Future will. The Rebecca Brown, back from the Satanic Panic era, and how much effect her books, he came to set the captives free and prepare for war, and her subsequent books had on creating a really toxic conspiracy subculture within evangelical Christianity. And there's a lot of material there. And she never got really famous like Oral Roberts or Jimmy Swaggart or, you know, the Bakers, but she was hugely influential. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of meat there. But see, I've been, I've been pretty busy and hopefully some things will uh, develop. That sounds fascinating. Can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, maybe we can get a chance to discuss it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, we will. We definitely will. Uh, Mike, is there, are you familiar with what Vincent is talking about? Uh, with Rebecca Brown? Yeah. Just a little bit. You know, I didn't get too deep into that. You know, I was there from the Mike Warnke era, was on my time. But but I went to a pretty straight-laced Southern Baptist church, so they didn't get too much. Now, there'd be some people there the church who probably on their own but you know cable tv and stuff was just starting to come around you know there was other talk shows where they would have that on but i would make a recommendation if you want to look into more of that stuff and find more data there's a show that's produced out of chattanooga for decades called the john anchorberg show and that was just the kind of stuff that they would have on that show and i think probably a lot of those shows are if they're not archived up because it's still in production not archived on his site, they would probably be on YouTube because they would get big into that whole satanic panic kind of stuff. I mean, they actually did reenactments of uh, Masonic ceremonies where the guy dressed up in the top hat and a little apron and they would redo all that. It's a fascinating show. I'm not saying they were even handed by any stretch, but it was sort of like a Phil Donahue show for Christian stuff. But I, but I think they got into that. So if you've not looked at that 
data source, it might be somewhat interesting. Yes, really familiar with John Ankerberg from oh. like, oh yeah, okay, he, that's a that's a treasure trove of stuff right there. Yeah, yeah, he'd have guys like Walter Martin and other people who represented mainstream Orthodox Christianity, but they would you know dive in pretty deep to those topics, and then have guys like Dave Hunt on, who would show that it was a sign of the times, and 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 you know a, a heavy Southern California emphasis, which. That's where you're talking about that stuff has its roots is in Southern California. You know, we think about all these other strange religions that came out and there's a strain of Christianity that's just as strange and it's tied to John Birch Society and Orange County. And, you know, they were really behind even uh, Barry Goldwater uh, getting nominated. Um, but that whole thing is where a lot of the satanic panic came out of in Southern California. Uh, Pandora Blackthorn, are you there? I'm here. You're working on some stuff right now that has something to do with our our area, and that uh, actually you're going to do you're going to do a presentation at Strange Realities this year. Buddy. I am. I'm really excited about it too. I'm really looking forward to it. Yes, I um, I kind of well, I've been interested in the story of the Bell Witch probably since I was a second grader at Donaldson Elementary and took home the little green book that uh you know all the kids were checking out because oh it's the bell witch it's oh so scary but what i've been exploring lately is really researching the activity and other activity that was going on at the same time at various places um around the world and i've come down to the idea that there were probably three or four different types of activity that was happening at the same time and uh wasn't necessarily what one would think of as a ghost and i've actually um going to be releasing a book hopefully by the end of october of this year that nice. explores those theories and you know ties them in with um the location because you know the location of the red red river settlement uh which became known as adams tennessee um it's a very interesting location because it's you know south of hopkinsville and we all know that's where the you know, the hopkinsville goblins uh story out of the 50s um then you can come right over almost draw a line to somerset kentucky and from then toward hellier and toward west virginia and mothman so I feel like it's going to be a really interesting presentation and I feel like I've developed some interesting ideas and I'm really anxious to share them. I really, it's really been an interesting journey and I've, you know, explored it a little bit on my baby podcast, but I'm really looking forward to interacting with uh, others on it and getting some more input and sharing it with other people. That's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely something to that area. Um, as we were we were heading up to Somerset a couple of few weeks ago, and um, I was actually telling Sophia about another weird thing that is in that area in Franklin, Kentucky, which is Octagon Hall. Yes, that's a weird place too. Yes, and you know what's really fascinating is that if you really take out a map and you look at, uh, you know, Adams, Tennessee, Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Frank, Franklin, Kentucky, Mammoth mm -hmm. Cave, yep. uh, Somerset, 
I mean, all those places are, you could almost draw a line through them. And it's, it's just fascinating. And I've, I really have been amazed. You know, my, uh, my grandfather had a farm up in uh, Northern Kentucky, Owen County, which is a pretty rural area. But I remember some of the stories and the legends that, you know, the old folks used to tell. And so it's been a really interesting journey to put all those things together. And it's just pretty fascinating. It's always great when there's a personal connection. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I'm always uh, thrilled to have a new creative, um, interesting take on, on Bell Witch because if there's any, anything to it. There's a, there's a lot of other stuff going on there, I think, that it alludes to. So I'm oh, really for looking sure. forward to that. Oh, for sure. I mean, if you really look into the accounts that were shared at the time, um, there was definitely a lot of different things going on. And I think if you um, look at the concept of egregores, thought forms, um, it's really, it's been an interesting journey for me because I really didn't expect it to take it in the, the route that it did. And it was kind of an aha moment more than anything else when I realized, well, now, wait a minute, this, this probably wasn't a ghost, but I bet you, you know, dollar to a donut, it might've been this. So yeah, it's, it's been very interesting. We tried to take a small party there after strange realities. Uh, Josh was with us uh, up there to Adams, but I don't think anything was, anything was open, but we got to the gate and got some photo ops. Yeah. Well, we got to see the graves. We did get yeah, to see the yeah, grades. True. Yeah. Yeah. I went there when I was in high school and uh it was it was an experience, I'll say that. <laughs> that was, <laughs> I mean, I think I gra- I'm not sure I'm not sure if I'm dating myself, but I, I graduated from uh, McGavick High School in the late eighties. And we took we took a uh trip up there and it, it was it was pretty intense because now that was way back when it was still kind of a no trespassing area and you really weren't supposed to be where we were. <laughs> so I'm not sure if it was more teenagers scaring ourselves or, or what, but it was definitely an interesting experience. And I think that there's there's a lot that is going on with that particular property and particular area um that a lot that needs to be explored and i'm hoping to be one of the people that really really delves into it and uh figures out some things that's awesome um is is the bellwitch house close to nashville yes how close uh 30 miles right oh for 30 40 going in october for sure yeah yeah (laughs) oh my god yeah We'll, yeah, we'll, take, we'll, we'll go we'll go back up there there was yeah, things should be back open probably yeah, yeah there was not much going on but like i said we did get to see the graves and, and all that which is fascinating and uh pat fitzhugh who's like tennessee's expert well really one of the world's experts on the bell which he lives uh here in hermitage mm-hmm. have you been oh, in contact great. with him yes uh, yes i, I think yeah. a lot of pat pat is actually Pat Fitzhugh is one of the people who inspired me. Um, I actually, on my podcast, I give him a lot of credit uh, for the information that I've been working with. He's amazing. 
Kiki, you said you investigated Octagon? I did, like ages and ages and ages ago. I, when I first got to Nashville, um, I don't know, from now, maybe like 13 years ago or so, I was with a small local paranormal group and they did a paranormal investigation there and I went. Any impressions <laughs> or anything? I don't, um, was was, yeah. was Paul, Paul Browning, was he involved with that? I know he's investigated the uh, Octagon Hall quite a lot. Uh, the name isn't familiar okay. to me. Yeah. Um, it, was a, it, it was a small group um, in the Nashville area. And I, I'm really thankful for the experience. I just don't think I'm, I consider myself a night owl, but I'm not that much of a night owl to record EVPs at 3 a.m. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I, I definitely had the feeling that there was something there and we captured evidence. Um, at least I felt there was evidence captured. Um, I, I, um, you know, there were unusual pictures. I felt like there were things there. Um, there were different areas that I recall feeling were really active. It was really cold there too. <laughs> I don't know if that has anything to do with how haunted it was or not, but um, yeah. Um, very old, beautiful, beautiful area. I think Tennessee in general is just, you know, wonderful too. Visit. I remember what was the other one we did too? Ripa Villa. Have you ever heard of Ripa Villa? Sounds familiar. Yeah, it's it's in near or in Spring Hill. That's another place that that we visited too. Okay. Yeah, Octagon Hall is an interesting place. What was it you said, Sir Phil, about the shape of the octagon? That's you said the, something about the square becoming a circle. Yeah. It's like very liminal. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting like history. Uh, Recluse, what are you working on right now? I'm still working on my uh, book, which I will <clears throat> hopefully finish here uh, by the spring. Uh, at least I'm really praying to. Um, God, I think it's up to like almost 200,000 words now. Uh, I mean, obviously I'll probably edit out some stuff, but the problem is I keep asking like people to like read it. And then from there, everybody's like, well, you should add this and that. And I'm like, it's already 200,000 words. Does it really need more? Um, but yeah, I just keep coming up with more material that uh, ties a lot of the stuff together. So I've been trying to find ways to work it in. And then there's going to be the, uh, epilogue left to right which is going to be just absolutely epic and batshit crazy um, hey all right it's yeah it's going to be kind of a twist because the whole thing's going to be like a really uh scholarly account until the epilogue and then people are just going to be like what the hell is this <laughs> but um yeah i'm excited for it um and then obviously i've got all the ongoing shows that i'm uh, working on i'm going to be quite doing quite a bit of traveling this spring so i'm trying to record uh, as many shows as i possibly can i just did one uh, actually with the penny royal guys last night that uh, was a real barn burner 
Uh, it's a lot of insane stuff in there about James Shelby Downer. Uh, it's going to be in the subscribers section tomorrow. And then um, as Vincent had said, we're about to, I think actually, yeah, we're recording a podcast tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be another really killer one. I got some other cool ones coming up. I'm hopefully going to get to do a one on time magic that I'm excited about with somebody who's kind of studied the, uh, you know, cybernetic cultural research unit system on that. I uh, got another installment of the International Fascism series with uh, Danny and Russ coming up. Um, just, you know, there's uh, some really cool projects I'm working on. Awesome. Keep delivering. We'll keep consuming your content. Thanks. I mean, I definitely appreciate everybody, man. Uh, it's been quite a journey doing the podcast and all this other stuff. Yeah, you guys should definitely check out uh, Stephen's podcast, The Farm. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting, Stephen. Like you, like you, you took that podcast over, and you've really made it your own. How exactly did that happen? Well, I mean, you know, it was originally Frank and I. Frank had, uh, Frank Zero was the one who had founded the uh, farm. And uh, we had, uh, it was a bit more blunt, and then we had revived it when we had Strange Tales, the Parapolitical, to come out, you know, as kind of a way to uh, promote the book, I guess, essentially. Uh, but, you know, it kind of took on a life of its own. Um, and then, you know, as time went on, um, Frank, you know, I mean, had some life obligations where he just wasn't able to do it as regularly. And I kind of, uh, you know, I kind of, you know, became the de facto host of it, essentially. So, I mean, you know, it was a gradual process like that, but I mean, you know, I still like to, you know, get Frank involved. In fact, he's actually going to be coming back here, uh, hopefully in a couple of weeks for a show or so. Um, it's, you know, kind of actually going from like one extreme to the another where now, I mean, I have like just so many people who, um, you know, are coming to me with ideals for shows. It's great. Uh but I've always just, it, it's a little drives me crazy sometimes because there's always so many people I want to have on. And then I'm constantly having all these other shows that I mean, people are pitching to me that sound great too. And I'm like, man, I, I just want to do all of them. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's a good problem to have, certainly. It's a very good problem to have. And I mean, it's, um, you know, I think it also kind of adds to the the diversity of the show, which is something I really try to emphasize a lot i mean i'm really proud you know for instance of some of maybe more of the spiritually themed ones i've done recently i really like the one that i did on the cosmic gnosis one i like the uh the one on gnosticism I did with andre gagnon uh Kanye, uh, a couple of months ago and a few of the other ones along those lines um but yeah you know i mean it's always kind of a, a challenge trying to find uh some different things to do but i mean i do want to try to broaden people's horizons so i mean if they came to it from parapolitics maybe i mean they'll learn something about synchromysticism or if they came to it from synchromysticism you know maybe they'll learn something about uh folklore or something i don't know but i mean you know like i said i uh i do try to mix it up as much as possible yeah it's uh it's definitely a very unique show and i really appreciate appreciate you doing it if you're looking for really good law enforcement uh interviews and discussions uh, Dr. Future's been on there a few times now as well. So, yeah, no, I mean it's always great to have Dr. Future on there. Uh, it was great having you on, especially for that. Uh, what was it? The second International Fascism show. I, I loved getting mm -hmm. Doc on there with uh, Russ Ballant and Danny Weil. I mean, of course, uh, Russ is uh, 
the author of uh, The Core's Connection and Old Nazis, uh, New Right in the Republican Party. I mean, he's been uh, doing this just really in-depth parapolitical research for a lot of years now. And I mean, Danny has done a lot of stuff with that as well. Um, you know, he's been focused more on the educational system, but I mean, he did a lot of activism during Iran-Contra, um, just with a lot of other stuff. I mean, the guy actually moved, I think, to Nicaragua, actually, to discourage, you know, the U.S. from bombing uh, some locations there, you know, during that whole uh, era. But yeah, I mean, you know, I really wanted to get Doc on there because, I mean, in my eyes, he's this, you know, the caliber of researchers, guys like Russ and Danny are, you know, so I mean, I'm, uh, I was pleased to be able to hopefully uh, get Doc out there to an audience that follows a lot of those guys and that, uh, you know, those old sort of counterpunch kind of era, you know, that hardcore parapolitical research from the 70s and 80s, because I think that's the kind of stuff Doc is doing now on a really important subject. So it was great to get him in there with that. And uh, just in general, I'm really proud of that series and some of the other guys. I got uh, George from CavDev on there and we were kind of able to do, you know, some of our stuff with the serial killers and, you know, kind of the connections to Phoenix and some of this other stuff that I think is really interesting. And then, um, yeah, getting Brisson back on there. And I mean, I think I might even have a few other guys in line for some of the latter ones, but uh it's also been fun, you know, doing like one of these kind of long form series again like that. Uh, it's the first one I've really kind of tried to do uh, since Wackle one, I think. So, yeah, it's cool. Excellent. Let's uh, let's turn over to Dr. Future. What have you been working on, Mike? Um, my taxes. <laughs> no, that's not really exciting. I have this big, long, drawn-out taxes because I do a home office deduction and I have to go through all these credit cards. But I don't make any money. It's like the worst of both worlds. I make no money, but I do all the bookkeeping. So uh, as far as research goes, um, I had to go back and redo a bunch of stuff because the trademark came through on the book publishing thing. And so I had to take every all nine versions of my book down and redo them and then somehow get them re-uploaded. So finally that's done. Sounds like fun. Oh, it's and they always crash. It's real temperamental, and I don't I'm I don't know what I'm doing. So, um, but I had that and some other things I'm doing. Um, but my goal is going to get volume two wrapped up now. So, focusing on that, I've got some more blog posts. I'm I need to wrap up. Um, I I wrapped up the false flag series about January sixth. I know people have read that on the two spies report blog that I do. But um, I'm going to uh, um, try to finish up another series here called The Lost Cause, where I compare what happened around January 6th before and after to the other great lost causes in history where people think that they're losing their society because of some trickery and they were betrayed and what happens when you get night riders and stuff like that, you know. Um, it's really weird. You know, Adam Kissinger, uh, the congressman, they were asking him the other day, and I heard this on, um, I listen mostly to about six or seven hours a day of hardcore Christian talk radio every day, or talk TV, and mostly anti-vax stuff. Um, but I subject myself to that to record to make sure I hear it from the horse's mouth. And also there's a new network, I don't know if you all have watched, called uh, Real America's Voice. It's for people who think OAN is way, way too liberal. 
you can go to to Real America's Voice. It's uh, it's sort of anchored with uh, Steve Bannon's show. And in fact, um, the guy, um, oh, one of the Kansas City prophets, I talk about all the time. He's got a show on there too now, and it has not. He doesn't say anything about Jesus. It's just about. Um, not Warnock, I forgot the guy's name. Anyway, um, he was the one that was pushing Trump as God's chaos candidate, but he has a show on there now. But anyway, they were quoting um, congressman, uh, the, the congressman for saying that when they asked him, if, you know, because he suggested civil war was starting in our nation, and he said he didn't think it would be like a conventional civil war, but there would be targeted assassinations uh, that are going on. Uh, Adam Kissinger was saying this. And then here we just had right after that in my hometown of Louisville, the Democratic candidate for mayor yesterday, the guy came in and tried to assassinate him. And uh, I know we had a little, Adam would know a little bit about this from like in the late 1800s, the anarchist trying to take out Garfield and taking out McKinley and stuff. Garfield was just a crazy guy. McKinley, McKinley was an anarchist that shot him. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wonder if we're going to go through a more intense wave of that. Uh, I don't know. So anyway, let's hope not. Things, oh yeah. Some things I'm keeping out, but I do have to make a confession because I am going to get off here in just a couple minutes. Uh, but I wanted to just confess to you that uh, I do congratulate you all for making it 400 episodes um, because I lost a big bet. I bet people when you came on that you wouldn't make it more than just a few episodes. And I was absolutely sure that it would fail after a few episodes. So, so I had to, I had to pay Paradox Brown a lot of money because uh, uh, she, she'd put a lot of money on you. So, and then, and then when you, when you lost uh, your other co-host there, uh, I knew things would fall apart because I knew Adam certainly couldn't carry it. So, but I hadn't planned on the surfio factor coming in. So, well, when so we beyond- lost Rob or we lost Luke? Dr. Future. Which well, when one, you, which one Luke, the mastermind, Luke. <laughs> I knew when you lost him that everything was coming unglued because you were more just a puppet and front man. Um, but yeah, you, you got me. <laughs> somehow, somehow things stayed together. So, you know, my predictions about Conspiranormal were about as poor as my cons- predictions were on Future Quake. So, in spite of it, you have prevailed. And, uh, so I've had to eat my words that it was going to be a miserable failure and you've done well. And so, well, because you have such low standards for the guests you have on. And yes. I, I speak of myself in particular, <laughs> but I, I do want to congratulate both y'all kidding aside. And uh, I, you know what? It I didn't would... remind me of, I don't know if there's any old fogies that are still on this, but um, when I suddenly realized, you know, you had the, the three of you there and then suddenly Luke disappeared. It reminded me of that song, Timothy. Do y'all remember Timothy? That was like a really big hit in like 1971. The song about cannibalism. Yes, exactly. The two, the, the, the three miners get trapped in the mine and the two miners eat the other miner. Right. Yeah. The yep, uh, continue, please. Big song. It was written by, uh, Rupert Holmes, who did the Pina Colada song. Um, but he wrote that as a song that they were getting ready to drop this band, the Buoys, 
and they didn't know what to do. They had no, they couldn't get any kind of help. So he thought if he wrote a song that everybody banned on the radio, that would be the only way they could get recognition. And as it turned out, it became a big hit. So the the mysterious whereabouts of Luke, it just made me think about that song. Timothy is, is one of the possible scenarios, but uh, cannibalism aside, I think you all have uh, done a yeoman's job. And I, and I will say this when I've, dropped in on some of your other chats and things like this. I, they don't have me much on Christian, you know, podcast or shows at much anymore because I think I've honked them all off as a practicing Christian myself. But when I come on your show and I just eavesdrop on the people on here, the general nature of the discussion is so much more intelligent, far, far more intelligent than when I go, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sad. It's a lament to me to say on the Christian shows I go to. It's extremely juvenile. Uh, I don't always understand what everybody talks about on here. May not agree with it if I did. But I will say it's a very uh, lucid and intelligent and fascinating discussion. And you guys are the ones that have created an environment to go find these kind of people. So that's the best compliment I can give both of you guys. Thank you. Is that it's an oasis of intelligent people, maybe talking about far out stuff we don't all understand, people dummies like me, but you have created an environment where it's like the last outpost of intelligent people to sit and have a chat. And so I'm just glad it exists. And you are, are charitable enough to have losers like me on your show because it's like the only place I'm allowed to go. So well, I, I want to thank I, you for that. Thank you. And, 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 you know, um, it is very important for people to sit down and have a conversation just like we're doing. And instead of just like getting, getting away from these 30 second sound bites or whatever, or, or just right. hearing, uh, somebody talking for two hours or, or whatever it is. Um, I, I also too, you know, Dr. Future, you guys have probably noticed he comes from the Rodney Dangerfield school of humor. And uh, he's very self-deprecating, um, but uh, please, like, I, I always tell him, I always tell him every time that we have him on that people see him as a true Christian and, and really genuine. And um, I hope some of you guys that listen, you know, can kind of encourage him to keep doing what he's doing, because it's very easy, I think, sometimes for all of us to really get discouraged at certain points. Yeah. Well, this is the only place I feel welcome, to be honest. You know, I send out tons of books, tons of hardcover books. So you've been you, you've been sensing the uh, curses I've been uh, placing on you each time you appear on the farm. Then I take a talk. Well, you see, that's where I figured why Ren wasn't here. I figured he was doing some kind of working against everybody. <laughs> yeah, here. that's that's what he's doing. He's got his circles on the floor, and he's last time you know, I saw him, he blew some Enochian. dust in my face. <laughs> I don't know what that was about, but anyway, um, but again, it's just an environment here where somebody's going to be on their toes. I mean, I feel relaxed when I'm on here. It's one of the only shows where I just feel like I can be myself. But what I was going to say before is I send out all these nice hardcover books, my book to people who I think will resonate with what I'm writing about. Even people who were on my old future quake show and told me, that oh they sold so many books when they appeared on future quake and our big audience and these people were book buyers and 
And, you know, I send stuff out to these old friends and I never, ever hear back from them. Never even get an acknowledgement. Uh, don't return calls, nothing. And so it's just, it's a weird time of life. And so I'm just glad you all are in my life. And I guess that makes me, you know, like really sad what I just told you, but um, I just really appreciate you guys there. And, and I know you put up with me because I'm ignorant of what the rest of you all know commonly and I don't always get it or I'm coming out of left field, but you still let me like the dumb uncle sit in the corner and, uh, you know, throw a blanket over my head when it's time for me to go sleep. But, um, I do sure appreciate y'all letting me hang in with the crowd. Anytime. You should get hey. on TikTok. I think that there are a lot of like younger people coming out of the evangelical movement who are doing a thing called deconstructing yeah. where they look at their beliefs that they were raised in and then they turn Christianity into something that's workable for themselves. Yeah. Who would be interested in your thoughts on the political and the social implications of what is being taught currently by the older generation and how to criticize that while still staying in. Hmm. I'll have TikTok. to look into that. I thought you had to twerk to be on TikTok. I didn't know how it worked. Is it, I mean, is it like I have seen you. You could throw ass too. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> hey, Doc Future, have a I just screen. wanted to tell you, I saw people referencing you, people that are just random mutual friends uh, in comment sections just earlier this week. So I appreciate your, you know, self-deprecating humor, but I just want you to know, like, people people out there that probably don't even ever say anything to you about it are, are, are appreciating you. So just Thanks thought I'd throw that out there. I needed that because I don't ever hear any of that. Thank you. I, do they put like a lot of exclamations and ampersands and stuff around it? Asterisks? They just want you. They're like, I hope he will twerk on his next. Uh, you <laughs> <Okay>. know. <laughs> well, the next time we have, uh, you know, uploaded to YouTube this show, I will be ready. Nice. Oh, oh, Lord. And <laughs> if you think Kim Kardashian's got junk in her trunk, wait till you get me up here. <laughs> uh, by the way on t how does tiktok have a limit on how long they have to be for like short attention span it's like two it? minutes isn't it something it's like that two three minutes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know how that's gonna work with dr future yeah no, like my thinking. really good no my really good friend actually kind of became a bit of a tiktok sensation she yeah. had the one video that was like 20 i think i told you about her she was the one who set up the lesbian tent at a uh, burning man uh you know she's into like riding motorcycles and trying to fire handguns off of them um <laughs> but yeah yeah like uh she uh basically like speeds her voice up and all this other kind of stuff like when she's doing it like yeah i try to she t explained it to me as she tries to make it sound like you know when you do the chipmunk voices when you're trying to like listen to like a dozen podcasts in an hour or something while you're jogging so i guess that's maybe the approach that uh really appeals on tiktok from what i can tell sounds like that would fit me pretty well Dr. Future, those uh, those songs that you were talking about earlier, were those redone by the sound effects? No, no, they were done by the original artists as opposed to the sound effects. Although you'd have to get like the 30 record albums that the sound effects released of all the knockoffs of the original artists to know for sure. But every year they released three or four albums that were fake recreations. 
I don't know if anybody knows what we're talking about. Oh, but. yeah. K Tail got my $9.99 back in the day. Yes, it, I know exactly what you're talking about. Did you ever get ripped off and found out that you got the sound effects singing it rather than the original art? Yes, artist? they yeah. did. And I was I was a little girl at the time and I had just seen Star Wars. And oh, I thought, oh, here's this. I can get this record of Star Wars music for $9.99. And yeah, it was the sound effects. I got ripped. <laughs> Why there weren't congressional hearings on that, I don't know. <laughs> Although it would the be sound sort of effect cool. lobby. Yeah, yes. Big sound effect. <laughs> you know, it would be great to have the sound effects be a surprise co-host at Conspiracy Normal sometime. <laughs> You'd get the fake Adam and fake Surfiel. That sounds excellent. Uh, well, we've been joined by the, uh, I think the life of the party is here. So, a phantom uh, yeah. clown. Yeah, the phantom clown. The phantom yeah. smoking clown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Celebrate good times. Come on. What's going on? Conspiracy over 400 days. This is an omen. That's right, Tim. You did it. A lot of people said it. you guys would never make it, but I was not. Well, I was always saying you guys had it in you. Appreciate that, Tim. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. We <laughs> we appreciate that. What's going on, Tim? Oh, oh <laughs> shit! It's Tim Banal. Put the mask back on. <laughs> there we go. Dude, that thing is awful. <sighs> So what the hell are we talking about? Dr. Future sound effects or something? I'm going to pass the baton off to you since we now have adult supervision. Oh. <laughs> you, you have to take the baton. I feel like one of the knights there in the Indiana Jones movie. I'm passing the Holy Grail monitoring off to you. So, All right. As long as my face doesn't melt like in the movie, right? <laughs> well, I'm going to go to the land of my fathers right now. So, hey, love all of y'all. Thank you so too, much though. for putting me on me. And, and that goes even for Tim, too. <laughs> Dr. Feature! Although, with Tim, it's more of an erotic component. Than... <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I, I joined in just in time. <laughs> you all take, well, I'm just glad I'm on for 400 because I'm almost certain we're all going to be dead before 500. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm glad I made it when I did. So, um, Y'all take care. I guess I'll catch you, um, if anything, on the end of the year show, if not before then. So, yeah. You have a good evening, Doc Future. Well, you're well, my national treasure. Have a awesome, day. Dude. See you later. We'll see you in Nashville, right? We'll see you in Nashville. Yep. Yeah. In oh, yeah. We'll, ca we'll catch you here unless it's, it might be protested. You just never know. That's true. Yeah. I well, mean, who, who knows what this year's what we're in for this year? So. That's what we're hoping. We're hoping for protests this yeah. year. We need some publicity for strange realities. Well, I, hey, I'll lead a false flag <laughs> protest. How about it? I'll burn All right. <laughs> Perfect. I'll set up some fake Twitters and try and get you canceled. We're gonna go yeah. over to we're gonna go over to Global Vision and let them know that uh, that there's a, a, a witchcraft festival going on in, <laughs> uh, in Nashville in October. Yeah. I'm going to burn some of my own books <laughs> and I'm going to stand in the middle of them like Fahrenheit 451. <laughs> Y'all take care. Have a good night. Take it easy. See you, bro. Bye, Dr. Salmonella. Take care. <laughs> I guess. Okay.
Well, welcome, Tim Benal. Welcome to the to the party. What's going on? How long have you guys been rocking in here? Uh, uh, like two and a half hours? Up? Yeah, about two and a half hours at this point. A little while. Damn. So, nice. So hey, Tim's going to have fun with this one. So uh, how's everything going with, uh, in Tim Benal's world? And what you, what have you been working on lately? That's what we're talking about. Uh, well, I've been, uh, the show went on hiatus, uh, uh, inadvertently, uh, in January. I don't know. I was just kind of wiped out. Um, but I had a lot going on. And so, uh, we're bringing it back Friday. Um, so we'll be back on Friday. I've already got a bunch of weeks already booked out. So, um, yeah, I think I'm waiting for like final confirmation, but it looks good. I got to my Facebook touch to get a better contact method for uh, Zelia Edgar. But Zelia Edgar is going to be on the show uh, Friday. Um, but we're kind of playing message tag right now through Facebook because neither one of us apparently uses it very often. So. But uh, she's she's down for Friday night, so we should be back Friday night with uh, Zelia Edgar, and then uh, a bunch of cool episodes uh, through March, and we'll see where it goes from there. So yeah, right. kind of itching to get back back to uh, podcasting again after that little break here at the start of the year. This year's been like shit for everybody. It seems I don't know what's going on, but like everybody I've talked to, like has been kind of down on this year so far. So hopefully things turn around. <clears throat> I just think it's just the blahs of January and February. Yeah. Let's hope so. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, it's about to warm up, so that's all I care about. I know. I'm ready for spring. I'm usually one of those people that doesn't really care that much, but this year it's like I'm I'm just so ready for – so so ready for uh, for spring to come. You know, it's just this winter's just – I don't know, something's off. We were very um, sad to learn of the passing of Sir, the great Sir Ralphus. Yes, oh. yes. That's what forced the hiatus. I just had no desire to do anything for, I think I went into like a depressive state for, I guess, about a month. Uh, I'm kind of just coming out of it now. So it was, I didn't expect that at all. Yeah. I've always been one of those people that like someone's cat dies or whatever. And I'm like, ah, oh, get over it. You clown. You know, now that I have had a pet for over a decade and then lost it, I've come to the, I'm like, I was, I, I was ignorant. I didn't know how powerful that could be. It'll and wreck so, you, man. What's that? It'll wreck you. Yeah. Yeah. It really <laughs> messed me up. Good. It really messed me up real good. Uh, yeah. It's very disorienting. Uh, you know, Ralphus was here all the time. It was daily, you know, sit and drink coffee in the morning with him, that kind of stuff. See him every time I came up for a, another cup of coffee, just, and then he's just gone. And it's like, it's not even like a person. So you can't even be like, Hey, we had, we had, it was like, it was always this mysterious sort of creature that, and it's just like, now he's gone. It's like, Oh fuck, man, this sucks. So I'm sorry, man. Uh, I, you know, it was, it was a rough go of it, but uh, you know, it's, I've settled into the new normal now. So, but it was very disorienting at first. Well, Tim, we've been asking everybody uh, what's your thoughts on the evolution of Conspiranormal and how you uh, met this guy, Adam, and everything, and uh, your your experience with Conspiranormal and the community we built around it. I met Adam in Atlanta uh, at Paramania 4, uh, which is, as of now, the last Paramania. We're hoping to revive that, too, soon. Um, and so, yeah, Adam had come down for... 
the the event, and I had only heard of Adam before. I, I was not part of the conspiracy normal family then. Um, but then we kind of hit it off down there in Atlanta, and um, we had a lot of laughs and shit. And so, uh, yeah, then we connected afterwards, and uh, yeah, Adam's become a good friend of mine. We talk a lot on the phone, and so uh, then he, I was always impressed. Uh, I know you've been you've been part of the show for a while, Serfiel. So uh, same same with you. But I've always been really impressed just by how diligent you guys are about getting shows out like every week. Uh, Greg Bishop and I talked about this on my show a couple of years ago. That it was like doing a weekly show is like being a distance runner or something. Like you you have to be in in that kind of like shape. You have to have that kind of like uh, endurance. And so, you know, it, like, like this past December, I came out and did like four or five shows. It was just like, I just, by the time a month went by, I'm like, fuck, fuck that. I'm done, done for a while. I'm not doing, I'm not doing shows. Uh, so I've always been impressed that you guys just keep churning out shows like week after week after week. And, and, and sometimes like multiple things going on, um, you know, and it's, uh, I've just always been impressed by that. You guys really hustle and, um, you know, and then putting together the strange realities conference and pivoting, um, uh, I guess it was now, I was going to say last year, but last year we came back to Nashville. So pivoting in 2020 and, and really kind of, you know, a lot of people would have just thrown in the towel and been like, I'll oh, forget it. We'll come back in 2021. But you guys really kind of, uh, you know, you picked up the ball and ran with it and, and, and devised that uh, online version of the event. So, yeah, no, I've always been really impressed by your, your hustle and the fact that you guys just keep on going. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan. So. Yeah. Appreciate it, Tim. Same as same to you as well. I mean, you know, we're we're big fans of yours as well. You've been doing podcasts for when did you start? Was it 2005? Uh, I think so. Maybe yeah, yeah. I think 2005. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look, but thereabouts. Yeah, I think it was 2005. So yeah, 15, 16 years. Although the last few years have been kind of like very sporadic, but that's fine. Sure, sure. sure. I, I paid my twos. You know, I, I, but you, I gave but up my 30s <laughs> to do this. You did the back-to-back seasons for, that was nine or ten years, right? That was a, Yeah, yeah, we did like ten yeah. seasons uh, of the show with like 30 episodes each and kind of broke it up like that. And then I was kind of just tired of doing it that way and, and wanted to uh, have a little more freedom with when we would do shows and stuff. So, um, yeah, so... I don't know. It's kind of do shows when I want to do them, but I don't want to be one of those people that does a show like in February and then you don't hear from me again in May. Then I come back and just do one show in May or something like that. Like I want to at least string like four or five together and then maybe take a month off and come back and do four or five more shows. So, you know, but there's always people I want to talk to and, and um, you know, programs I want to do and stuff. So it's really just a matter of time. That's why, like I said, it's, a, it's really uh, impressive that you guys, have carve out the time every week to do this. It really is a, it really is quite a commitment. Um, you know, and so I, I have a lot of, to get all the way to 400 is pretty awesome. So congratulations. Yeah. yeah and it's been, thank you. It's been 10 years for me. Um, I mean, Serfiel has definitely put in his time as well in the last four. I, and, and honestly, what I, something I neglected to mention, I mean, uh, this essentially really is like Serfiel's like 200th episode. Wow. Really, essentially, because wow. he started uh, first time he appeared. We mentioned this before, but first time he appeared was uh, episode 200. 
Josh, you taking off? Yes, sir. Um, I have baby duty in the morning. So cool. All right. See you, man. Thanks for everything. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Great talking to everybody. Congratulations, guys. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to all of you in different ways soon. There, gotcha. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Thank you so much, Josh. All right. I love when someone jumps off and like the screen like rearranges. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole new thing. Yeah, yeah. everybody gets a little bit bigger. Yeah, like you readjust your chair. Yeah, you know, change the energy around. It's like a reality show. Like someone, like someone gets voted off, then it's all of a sudden it's like it's just it's the, the only one left on the island. Twelve. The elimination is, has occurred. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. Guys, I'm gonna walk into the into the ocean too and uh, eliminate myself. From the uh, right. Dang Wake right. competition. See you later, congratulations Chris. again, um, and I'll I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Awesome story. See you, bro. Have a good one, Chris. So, only principal that I've not hit yet, as far I think Kiki, Stephanie, and Steve. Um, Steve, we'll start with you. What are you uh, working on right now? Um, well, I've been kind of having to travel uh, back to California for work uh, quite a bit this year, so I haven't been able to do as much f- fun stuff, but I still have been going out and shooting these, like, weirdo videos of just me, like, going to these uh, <clears throat> kind of, you know, some more famous, but some not famous around Nebraska, kind of, like, paranormal or ufological places of importance, and uh, what's the interesting thing I think I talked about in your show is that by looking into these stories, like I'm getting so many more little stories, <laughs> um, you know, just kind of like little threads to follow. And I'm finding like these, you know, interesting patterns that kind of have not been discussed in the state of Nebraska. So um, it feels like, you know, kind of like this great undiscovered microcosm of weirdness. So I'm going out there every chance i recording myself talking about these places you know what i know about the history and stuff so but eventually i'm trying to um and now just download some editing software so i have to figure out how to use that and then i'm just going to start throwing them up on youtube just for fun and maybe nine people from nebraska will find it interesting (laughs) you know but or not but i'm just really having fun doing it it's kind of my way of you know getting out there boots in the ground awesome yeah Having a having a ball with it. Very cool. And Stephanie, you got to unmute. I know. I was <laughs> trying to figure out how. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, that's exciting about Nebraska because you have the whole. Uh, my brother lived there for a long time. He was in. He's retired Air Force, oh. so he was an off it. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm right by there. I'm okay, in Omaha. He lived in Pavilion. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so oh, sure, there yeah. is that whole aspect there of the whole uh, military industrial complex. And of course, he was he was working as yes. a spy. He flew those. Um, I think that Trump just decommissioned that whole program, the, the 737 rivet joints with those big mile long yes. antennas. He. Mm-hmm, they're huge, yeah, yeah. Weird. He was like second in command <laughs> flying those for like a ton of years. And, um, wow. and I think it was in the 90s. There was an, an incident where. Uh, China actually shot down one of those jets and captured the crew Ooh. and a bunch of the computers. It was like this really big, bad, very fraught thing. Um, oh, was that like right when W took office? Like it yep. was before 9-11. Yeah, I remember yep. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. 
two weeks after this is okay i have to brag about my brother the super stud so two weeks after that he was in one of those uh jets second in command flying the same route and they just had the, those chinese jets were like right on their tail but did they get shot down no did they get captured no <laughs> yeah so wow. of course when he retired there was a lot he, he got a lot of accolades about that and everything although it's kind of one of those that's and interesting yeah, well, but yeah there's that whole uh thing i was thinking about his whole career recently because there was a um last uh, just a few uh, days ago i live in the napa valley and there was a um a small private plane that had to have an emergency landing in a valley here we have a lot of these kind of alpine valleys up in the mountains or surrounding uh the main valley of, of napa and um it turned out that the this pilot had sent out a May Day and they'd done a lot of backcountry flying and there was actually a U-2 spy plane <laughs> flying way up and so the U-2 plane was able to help uh, triangulate with um how and help this person navigate so that they could fly and land safely oh hi mom <laughs> <laughs> anyway so i thought that was interesting because um i'm always looking at lights in the sky and i was out walking one night and i saw this very strange light in the sky but i thought it had to be some type of a plane because it was like along one of the air lanes that i'm used to seeing um planes fly along here in the valley and i talked to my brother and he said i think that you saw a uh it was like a heavy twilight he said i think that you saw a u2 uh flying back up to this particular air base because um, they fly so high, they're way out. You see them a lot farther out than you would normal planes. And it was catching like the sun at this angle. And because he had flown so many of those flights, he was able to, to say, yeah, I've seen this happen. And I think that's what you saw. So anyway, um, oh. I think that's, that's really wild that you're looking into Nebraska because these yeah. Uh, yeah. Air Force bases and where you have all these uh, different types of spy planes and undercover, uh, you know, uh, different types of technology and stuff it's very absolutely yeah. yeah 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 oh that's really cool yeah yeah i'm having fun with it yeah so yeah for me um well i just recorded uh uh joshua was talking about working with barbara fisher she's been a new a new uh, voice light presence on the paranormal scene uh the last uh year or so and um but there's six degrees of john keel podcast and we just recorded another show on bigfoot and gender we have recorded a show previously on sexy sasquatch uh, <laughs> <laughs> which actually people got a big kick out of um it's this whole other side to these entity encounters which are kind of uh people like to joke about it and stuff but uh, a lot of people report um various sexual or erotic kind of stuff happening with these entities it's very it became very popular in with Antonio Villas Boas the abductions uh the grays of course Bud Hopkins David Jacobs uh missing time a lot of these people thinking that they had hybrid babies and stuff but it turns out that there's this whole um aspect to uh bigfoot encounters both in contemporary accounts in pop culture people writing like bigfoot erotica yeah <laughs> there are sex toys about bigfoot let's leave it at that um mm. it's like really on people's minds <laughs> but anyway so we recorded another show and it was fun because steven snyder um with the farm i love the recent show that you did on uh folklore same 
Yes, and talking about um, you know the history of the idea of folklore and some of the uh, theory and practice that has gone into people trying to look at folklore more in a systematic way. Um, and uh, so we looked at that in regards to Sasquatch, uh, indigenous stories, uh, prehistoric stories, um, the whole idea of the green man. And uh, so, yeah, that's been a lot of fun. I studied anthropology in college at like UC Berkeley and um, I'm of the same era of George Hansen uh, there with anthropology, he studied anthropology as well, the structuralists. So um, yeah, it's a lot of fun to apply these ideas to these para weird concepts and to people's encounters with cryptids. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. And I've been getting more into, um, I have an ongoing interest in trying to present some of these uh, uh, academic models. Like Dr. Future was talking about uh, trying to approach these things a little more uh, rigorously. It doesn't have to be uh, dry, obviously, because then you can end up talking about the biology of Bigfoot <laughs> reproduction and stuff like that, which is kind of fun. But um, you know, there's there's uh, various models that you can use. Um, you know, anthropology. You can look at it from his the historical angle, like with uh, Aaron Golias looking at the history of some of these things. Um, uh, Wham, you had uh, Professor Wham on talking about some of her work and she's done like American studies, which is more kind of like history, folklore, sociology altogether. She's also done a lot of uh, history of religion and bringing that to bear on these type of things. I did a show on uh, with Soraya and uh, David Metcalf on Where Did the Road Go, talking about trying to take more multidisciplinary approach to the para-weird. Um, I have been a bird watcher for about 30 years and I'm obsessed with birds, but what strikes me is it's one of those areas where the amateurs and the scientists and the artists uh, all work together. You know, just because uh, you are a person who is out there, um, you know, banding birds and looking at bird migrations on radar, this type of thing, uh, very uh, hard science approach to birds does not, they don't fight the people who are just have a bird feeder in the backyard and count the birds. They don't fight people who uh, want to do like a performance art installation about birds, right? Everyone works together because you're all fascinated with birds and they all are in service of um, bird conservation. Um, I like that whole idea about a Penny Royal with uh, Nathan Isaac talking about narratives, right? and uh, saying what narrative are you buying into and how does it serve you? What does it serve, right? That's why these people are all able to come together about birds because they all love birds and they wanna express that and they wanna be able to um, uh, carry that legacy of love of birds forward and support for individual birds, <laughs> bird breeding populations and stuff, right? And so I think in the pair of weird, sometimes like you have like the nuts and bolts people, they get mad at the people who are looking at like the imaginal or the mythic aspects of like UFO encounters. But I think we can all work together because it's different aspects, but of the same phenomenon. So that's my that's my sermon for tonight. <laughs> but that's what I'm <laughs> We appreciate that. And uh, before before we like stop everything, I know it's getting late in some people's time zones. Um, Kiki, uh, what are you working on right now? And um, I know one of those things is going to be what you're going to be doing uh, for us um, coming up here in a few days next week. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Um, I didn't say hi to staff or 
or Steve or Tim. Hi, Hi guys. <laughs> Good to hear um, you. Hmm? Good to hear you. Oh, thank you. Well, um, so yeah, and, and I'm glad that I'm, I'm chatting because I'm actually like 30 minutes late to take my nighttime melatonin. So I've got to get going soon. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, you know, I also just want to say too, congratulations on, on 400 episodes. I, I really, I'm really partially grateful to both of you because I feel like getting involved with conspiranormal and, and strange realities has just opened up this wonderful community to me and allowed me to meet so many wonderful people. And I'm just so thankful. Um, and so thankful to learn, you know, like I always just say, I'm like, well, I'm just the witch that, that just wants to read tarot. So I'm always so happy to, you know, just be part of a community that teaches me so much and um, inspires me to learn, you know, beyond just my little tarot table. <laughs> so thank you. Um, but yeah, I'll be, I'll be teaching tarot in a couple of weeks with you guys. I'm so excited about that. I think we're going to have a good time. It's just going to be really awesome. laid back. Um, and then, you know, we'll have the opportunity to do some interactive um, exercises with tarot together. And, uh, you know, I hope that maybe if, if there's time or interest, I could talk about my obsession with um, tarot of place and how I love to associate different tarot cards with different locations and um, the spirit of places that I visit. Um, and then otherwise, what am I working on? I'm moving. I got myself an apartment. I'm so excited. Um, nice. So that's been a really big focus. And then professionally, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm writing a book on tarot and um, yeah, just plugging along. Nice. Well, thank you. And I hope everyone can join us for the uh, uh, strange reality streaming event on the 25th with kiki yep and uh that's going to be at 8 p.m eastern 7 p.m central time for us and um kiki is going to be is going to be doing that and uh we should say that that's available to the ten dollar and above patreons on um the site of our patreon which servio could tell you where to how to find that you can find that at patreon.com slash conspiranormal. Yep. And uh, so that's going to be February 25th. And we're really happy to have you do that, Kiki. Uh, I'm so excited to be a part of this and to participate and hoping I don't get sick this next October because no. I would love to give in-person hugs to everybody. <laughs> absolutely. Badly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of uh, Patreon, I did want to say uh, thanks to Doug, who is one of our patrons who, who's been here uh, this whole time, this epic long 400th episode. Doug, do you want to say anything? You're on mute, Doug, but thank you very much for attending. If you're, if you're still there, I was I was all the way across the other side of my house. Oh, awesome! Wow. <laughs> um, I had on a mute though. That's really... yeah. No, thanks, guys. For yeah, I've actually been working too, quote unquote. Well, as I see, that's why I've been hanging out awesome. for so long. But um, yeah, just keep up the great, great, great work, and everybody that's called, and you've been t all your guests too. So. I'm actually about ready to jump off, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hang in for a bit. All right. Awesome. Well, we're all gonna jump off here too pretty soon. Thanks for joining oh, us. That's what I figured. All right. Have a good night. You too. You well.
anybody have any final thoughts? Jennifer Campbell, I know you got to have something. Come on, Campbell, bring it. Got to have something smart ass to say. Well, not smart ass. I'm just going to say that um, I expect more of this quality content. And uh, thank you. You guys make it easy to do laundry and not feel like I'm about to throw myself out the window. So I appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate you, Jennifer. Thanks for all always right, now, being Hold on. Before we go, I have, a, I have a question. I don't know. This might have been addressed earlier in the party. Adam, what, what's going on with the two coat hangers behind you? You know, um, this is some kind of a cult ritual. I, I, I thought it was some kind of like theory of the hook, you know what I'm saying? And like, the, <laughs> what was it? The dead kids hanging um, in the closets or whatever the hell it is. Um, yeah, yeah. That's like what Adam's like. He was just waiting all night for you to show up, Tim, for that coded message. That you <laughs> yeah, bring back exactly. to Lauren Coleman, man. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly I didn't want to feel stupid and not know what it meant. You know, honestly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's very symbolic of duality. Oh, uh, yeah. You got the light I mean, and the dark yeah, hanger. There's, yeah. there's a yeah, light and a dark hanger. That's that's exactly what it is. Um, you know, they're 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 conjoined together. So even though they're completely and totally different, opposite uh, duality. They still are one in a sense, you know, even though they're actually individuals. They're uh, like reverse right. mirror images, too. <laughs> yes. And I think it's really it's a symbolic they, ritual to, they are. They to try are. to get rid of some of these damn strange reality shirts that we have piled up right, in here. Right. That's, <laughs> <what it is. laughs> That's actually for my for, for Luke, for his my roommate. His Luke has uh, got his Luke's lucrative eBay operation and coats and stuff, and I and, and it looks extremely like I'm just like living in a flop house. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. I didn't know if it was like art or something. Now I want to say one other thing. This is related to conspiranormal. Uh, when I was down in in I was going to say Memphis. When I was down in Nashville for the event, I met this character Phil Buck, and he is a fucking riot. And people who, who if you're having to work from home or if you're home like at 11 o'clock in the morning, he does a show. Uh, what, what is it? Fucking coffee with breakfast with Phil? I don't remember it, even though yeah, I mornings, mornings morning, with Phil. Yeah, mornings. It is like <laughs> my favorite. When I can get in there, which is usually like two or three times a week, I, it is just awesome. It is the coolest, most bizarre sort of morning show uh, experience with it's really awesome, dude. I gotta. I, this is the first time I've seen you like one on one or in a conversation, man. I and you see me in the chat, dude. I love, I love, I love morning to Phil. It's awesome. So, people, check it out. It's on Twitch. I'm a huge fan of Tim. I mean, ever since I came into the conspiracy normal universe, uh, Tim always uh, just cracked me up. Like, I remember editing one of y'all's conferences where you had the whole panel and everybody set up together. <laughs> Tim had the beer. And I think at one point Tim spills his beer, and I was just like, I, I like this Tim guy, man. He's like my this is my kind of guy. And then I got, got to meet Tim at the uh, conspiracy, uh, the Strange Reality Conference this last year, and I was just like, yeah. And I'm so glad we became friends on Facebook because you, I mean, 
you just crack me up all the time. So yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's dude. Like, we only have like one or two conversations down in Nashville. Then I got back and I'm like, this guy's a fucking riot on here. <laughs> I'm, like, I, I'm like, I wish I could talk to more. So you got to be at the next one, man. Cause we're going to tear it up in Nashville. Yeah. 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 We'll definitely, we'll, we'll be getting put into a Uber together, you know, by the rest of the crew, like get them out, get these guys out of here, get them back to the hotel. They, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. They're not gonna, they're not gonna make it, you know? But yeah, I do appreciate throwing out. I do. It's like a Twitch uh, stream that I do every morning. And I also was hoping I could wedge my way in here because I do a podcast. Uh, yeah, and it's only auxiliarily. Uh, is that a word? Auxiliarily is uh, it's only peripherally related to the conspiracy normal universe. But we did have a joke and I appreciated Stephanie's uh, talk about the, the sexy time with the Sasquatches because we've had a whole thing on our show. It's called The Suck. And we did a whole thing about which cryptid uh, would you hook up with if you if you could. And, you know, there was a, a whole varied uh, array of answers from Mothman to Sasquatch to I mean, just, you know, you could imagine all the answers people would get. But if y'all like very strange kind of twisted humor, uh, check out the suck uh, wherever you get podcasts. We, we do it every week. So uh, I thank you for letting me get that in there real quick. Yeah, totally. I'll check out Phil's stuff. Yeah, yeah. Phil is, uh, you got the booty. Phil, <laughs> Phil is multi-talented, guys. He, he, yeah, for sure. Um, from comics to all the other characters that he does, and you probably saw some of his stuff in 2020. Oh yeah, I was clapping the alien cheeks. You, Maybe they they might remember that. Alien <laughs> cheeks, yeah. And yeah. your uh, and, and your what was the character that uh, is always like talking about clout? Uh, it was uh, yeah i used to do chill neil was my uh, alter ego for years and he's actually dead now so maybe we could do mm-hmm. some kind of seance or something uh <laughs> yeah, you know, and yeah. Get, bring him back in the mix uh well, but yeah well, he was work what was so, it joffrey or whatever was oh no was? i'm sorry yeah you're right you're thinking of yeah jeffrey mccathews he uh he runs an organization called healthy living without clout so if you're trying to you know uh, purify the way that you live your life and uh, stop chasing clout. Jeffrey McCarthy's can help you. And Kanye West, uh, he might need, you know, Jeffrey. Right <laughs> now. A lot of people could use that, I think. <laughs> well, I will say, I will say, uh, like I was saying, these guys, how, uh, how much I respect that they do this show week in and week out. That's what kind of blew me away because I thought you were just kind of fucking around. One day you had this morning show. You're like, I'm going to do a morning. I think I'm going to do a morning show. And I was like, this guy's crazy. So you do, so you do, and now all of a sudden it's every day. I'm like, how does this guy even, like, that's such dedication. He's got, like, all the graphics and all this other stuff. I'm like, holy shit, dude. This guy's just, he's, he just created a fucking morning show out of, like, thin air. And he's just doing it just to do it. And he's consistently doing it every day almost. So I'm like, holy shit, this is, uh, so, yeah, man, I'm really, I'm really amazed. Uh, I'm really, I'm really blown away by it. I'm enjoying watching this thing kind of like become a thing it's really cool thank thank you so much tim man it means a lot coming from you i, I really appreciate it all right excellent folks thank you so much guys for being a part of the 400th episode i want to thank everybody that showed up uh we've still got remaining steve berg vincent treewell tim banal and uh phil and jennifer campbell uh so we're really looking forward to the ne- and Steven Sider is still here. Yeah, and, and, uh, f- you know, thank you very much for having me on, and uh, you know, for yeah. everything you guys have done for me, and uh, it's an honor to uh, be a part of the 400th episode. 
Absolutely, man. Thanks, we, we'd man. We'd love to have yep. you as part of it. Um, but here's to the next uh, hundred episodes, and uh, we will see you next week. Everybody now. Yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. Great work, you guys. Congratulations, fellas. Thank you. Peace. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.